in five, four, three, two, one. Won't be trite. Real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's Monday. It's March 21st. And it's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. You know it better as the Big Big X. Reacting to all the madness of the weekend. We got the women's basketball team rolling into the Sweet 16 after two impressive victories at the KFC Yum Center. We've got Louisville baseball sweeping number one Notre Dame, vaulting back into the national rankings. We've got recruiting wars between Kentucky and Louisville already starting up. We've got John Calipari being too afraid to take phone calls on his last coach's show. We've got the madness of the men's tournament to react to. We've got all this and much, much more. And we've got Trevor Kelsey, as always. TK, behind the glass, how are you, my friend? Always saving the best for last, aren't you? Damn right. Oh, always waiting. Oh, the, 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 the Kuma, Kuma, Kuma Ka, what's it called? Nailed that. <laughs> right off the bat. Hot right out of the gate. The Cobra Kai. That's why <laughs> hottest starting man in radio. We've been saying it for years. He's got the Blue Jays shirt on today. I do. It's, all, it's baseball time, baby. Baseball time now. We've got you know lockouts over. You're, Spring's here. You're going to summer shorts with a hoodie on top. Shorts hoodie. This is my favorite time of the year. For yeah. I, I love shorts and long sleeve shirts slash hoodie weather. I'm sure I'm short. I'm short sleeve shirt with long pants. I, not my favorite combination. I'll no, be honest with you. But I haven't really busted all the shorts yet. So I still got the the the, the long pants. Still sitting on the dresser. It's time. It's about I that need time. To get the shorts out, yeah. It's 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 go time. If you want to interact with us today, I need to find the flip flops is what I need to find. And we love when you do. Uh, we love taking your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your concerns, your topic ideas, and the best way to get involved with the show is by texting us on the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. We'll be checking texts uh, all day today. I'm sure people will have a lot of different thoughts about a lot of different things. Uh, TK, how was the weekend, man? Mm, not too bad. Just. Lo- just Really, just sit at home. Uh, the tooth is feeling a lot better. Started getting better about Friday night. I was uh, ask. Uh, which is good because I ran out of painkillers. But that's, <laughs> uh, so it works out perfectly in timing until the next wave comes. And Ideal. The, yeah, the, the, what do you know? It's the future Trevor problem across that issue when it comes about. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so I woke up Saturday. Little, little, jaw still a little sore from the, the swollenness of the gum a little bit, but the achiness was gone all weekend, which is perfect because. Just, I so badly just want to sit down and enjoy the enjoy some basketball. Of course, of and course. it's so hard to do when I'm ninety percent of the time I'm sitting there just trying to ignore the the throbbing of my mouth. So it was a perfect timing, good weekend. Got to watch all the basketball. How about yourself? But 
I know it was probably. I mean, oh boy, it's already it's already rough anyway with with the two kids in the Rutherford house and you being the hero fighting off COVID and all. Exactly. But on top of all that, then you've got the gig for the, the, month. the, gig yeah. for the month, which Saturday was it Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night. Saturday, Friday night. Which one tonight would do with the storm? Is it Friday night? Well, that's what we're going to get to. Yeah. I, I've got to talk about I, this. I so badly wanted to text you because I know you, you live near, no, close enough to me that you're hearing the same sirens I'm hearing. And I'm already saying, I don't know why, but my mind automatically went to, it's got to be hard enough for Mike to concentrate on these games, let alone now have to concentrate on these games, as well as getting interrupted every five seconds with a weather update, no matter what channel you're watching. And probably two kids trying to gather him into the basement. I was I, I, well, I was going to text you, and I thought, he's probably got his hands full on. I'm not going to bother him. It gets worse. Oh, even worse We're going to talk about this. So, I'm luckily it didn't hit winning at Trado because I didn't even bother trying to get on my animals. My God, dude. So, so <laughs> fr- I was thinking about this when I was coming in. So Friday, I, I come in. I do the show with Rashawn. I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. We're reacting to the Kenny Payne stuff, the introduction. We're talking about Kentucky losing the night before to St. Peter's. When I was getting stuff ready to come in here today, I thought that was like two weeks ago. Like this weekend <laughs> took everything out of me. Like I, I, I have no frame of reference as far as like time is concerned right now. Uh, so Thursday, I mentioned this. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, well, for different reasons. Yeah. So I, I signed a, a contract to basically do my old job for this month, covering the yeah. tournament for SB Nation. And it's the first time that I've I, I did a few freelance things last tournament. And then 2020, I, I did the stuff getting ready for the tournament, and obviously it was canceled. So this is the first time where I've been doing this like full time since 2019. This month, I've never used the word freelance so much until I got into this industry. Oh yeah, I mean everything's freelance. I mean everything is. I mean I've been, I've been in this business now for almost 15 years, and I've never. Yeah. I only got used the word once freelance until I got into this industry, and I've used I use it probably like once a week. So I, I didn't really realize it until we started getting stuff going before the first week of the tournament like going and it was it's weird how like natural it felt going back to like the old they used the slack room for for vox media and pitching ideas off of ricky who's still working there my who's my co-editor back in the day and then i it kind of hit me i haven't done this since i've had a kid like the last full <laughs> tournament where things were quote unquote normal was was march of 2019 yeah so thursday night i talked a little bit about this on friday i'm trying to do the job Per normal, which is impossible, I'm realizing very early on. You can't just because you know, Mary would just give me space, and it was like for that month, I'm pretty much alone until like these three days, actually, like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after yeah. the first weekend, I get to put my head above water a little bit. Not possible when you've got two kids uh, under the age of three. And so Thursday night, I'm trying to all these these games are coming down to the the final seconds. Oh, yeah. Virginia's screaming at me. She's she's getting in. She I finally just like put her in bed with me and she's like yelling at me to lie down. She's crying and like it's just a disaster. So I end up, I have to work till like 4:30 in the morning. Come in here, we do the show. I'm, I'm just walking walking dead. So Friday night. <laughs> what you were hoping to avoid. Exactly. Doing, by the way, yeah. So Friday night things go perfectly. Like things like the kids go down to sleep easier than they have in months. They're like rocks. Did you try my suggestion? Did not drug them. <laughs> okay. But they were just, it was just one of those nights. Every now we'll and get then, there they sleep well. <laughs> and, and so, like, they haven't stirred, they haven't rolled around, like, no crying. And then, so I'm like, this is great. Like, I, I may actually get most of my work done pretty soon after the final buzzer at the final game. And then the sirens start. Ugh. And, you know, it's, 
there was no talk of terrible storms Friday night. There was no talk of maybe potential tornado warnings. So I hear the sirens. I'm like, well, you you were getting the TV interruptions before that, though, weren't you? No. Oh, you no, because I was just watching CBS. The the college basketball was the last. They they held off as long as they could for good reason. So I'm just watching the basketball. I hear the sirens. I check Twitter, and I see like Mark Weinberg and Kevin Harden and those guys saying, "Yeah, tornado warning for Jefferson County. Hold off." So. Mary's upstairs with with John, and I tell her, I'm like, why don't you just come downstairs, because he's asleep, he, he'll stay asleep, sit on the couch, if we have to go to the basement, we'll get Virginia up, God, God forbid, and we'll go down there and, and we'll handle this. So I'm going back and forth between checking the weather and trying to work, and you know, I let my bosses know, hey, like this is happening, I may, if you lose track of me, like something's happened. Finally, something 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 horrible has I'm happened. I'm hit but taken up by a tornado. If you lose track of me, immediately panic. Something awful has happened to both me and my family. So finally, maybe a day late on the on the report. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just know that I'm dead. Yeah. React react accordingly. So finally, uh, it becomes apparent that the storm's weakening a little bit. I've got a little bit of hope, and then it's it, these gigantic gusts. And my favorite moment of the night, and I'm already like so flustered, and so I couldn't laugh at the time, but in hindsight, it was hilarious. You know about my love for my guy Mark Weinberg. No, yeah. So, and this is not, I, I can't. It's impossible to accurately describe this on the radio. But so they've kind of been sort of saying like, it's weakening a little bit. Maybe the, the, it's still a little bit of dangerous. There's pocket wind pockets that could pick up, and a tornado could pop up. But the winds that we're charting now are not the 80-mile-an-hour winds that we were tracking 30 minutes ago. And so the guy off-screen out of nowhere is like, Mark, i got to stop you right here. SDF just reported 72-mile-an-hour gust. And Weinberg stops, like, stares at the camera, like, stares down everybody everybody watching at home, and he's just like, did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? You ready? 72-mile-an-hour winds. And so that scares me a little bit. And then about five minutes later, he says, if you're in the St. Matthews area— like now's the time. You're three minutes away from significant gusts of wind. Maybe not tornadoes, but like 70 mile an hour winds are coming yeah. away. So finally, I'm like, all right, we got we got to do this. So we'll go down, let's grab some blankets. We'll go down to the basement. Um, you know, I'm already about to lose my mind. So we go down to the basement. We turn on the TV. We have satellite. So when a storm's about to come, the satellite always goes off like 20 seconds before the rain starts. Satellite That's goes off a little bit. It's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's annoying. It's gotten better, but it's still annoying. Satellite goes off. It starts raining a little bit. Satellite comes back. But then we hear like some loud gusts of wind, a steady downpour of rain, and I, I kid you not, probably 20 seconds after the starts, power goes out. Oh no! I mean, I and at this point, I'm just want to cry. Just, just want to cry. <laughs> just come to my house and bang up for the rest of the night. Uh, I, so it's the, the power goes out. The storm like, like lasts. I don't know if you've got any storm where you live. I know we're we're relatively we're close. Re- I mean, I've got the same kind of similar you did. I got the small chunk of rain that I have like a metal uh, thing over my window next to where my room is. So it doesn't rain. I hear it hitting that aw- uh-huh. awning, and uh, so I mean, but it was yeah, like you just said, it was very even where I am, which is you know what ten minutes for me roughly yeah. at Westport Road. Uh, yeah, I just got the small chunk of rain, and then I think two of them maybe came in batches, and then. Some wind, but nothing, no damage, no. I mean, as soon as the weather started getting look like it was going to get bad, the first thing I did was make sure my phone was charged. Yeah. Because I was like, because I, I know, because as soon as electricity goes out, the only way of entertainment I have before I can pass out is my phone. So, yeah, exactly. So, so all my friends, like, they're in various spots across Louisville. And, like, none of them get anything. They're like, I'm like, well, my power's out. We had, it was bad for like a minute. 
I don't know what happened. You're but, also in a part of the St. Matthews where there's so many trees and everything. It's, well, that's I'm getting there. Yeah, and I've, I've lived not far it's, from where you yeah, live. Exactly. Yeah. So we have we're actually afraid. Like the house directly behind us has a gigantic tree, like like the biggest house in the biggest tree in the area. And since we've lived here, there have been four or five times where like huge trees have completely uprooted and collapsed and hit parts of houses or like entire houses. And so that's that's always my biggest fear when something like this happens is if that tree comes, it's going like right down on Virginia's room. And so like whenever there's any sort of like I'm always watching and just very quick to go to the basement if need be. But so we come upstairs. I check the LG&E outage report. And this is around like midnight. And it says power should be back around 3 a.m. Which midnight was when the tornado warnings finally ended. Finally stopped. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all calm. We go back up. They ran those sirens for, what, an hour and a half, God, two it hours? It felt like five hours. <laughs> I mean, my friends are complaining about it, but I'm like, I appreciate it because my power's out. So I don't even care about the sirens at well, this point. Well, that's true, yeah. And the storms are done. So we go back upstairs. I do, like, I'm, I have enough juice on the computer and the phone. I connect to a hotspot. I work for a little bit. Let my bosses know our power's out, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking. Where, where were we at in the games at that point? What games were we? I think was on. It was the very end. The Michigan State game, I think, was coming. The Michigan State, Michigan State game, game was coming to me. I missed the whole. That end. pretty much got cut off because CBS went away from the box screen and went to that. I missed that, and then I missed Colgate versus Wisconsin. Yeah, but he, I, I promise you, even if like I, I'm so surprised you didn't notice this, like even before CBS went away from the the basketball game and they were just doing the little update on the side, mm. like even if you were on TBS or TNT, and I was somewhat joking at, at first with a front buddy of mine who lives out of town, I was like. Because, I mean, it seemed like every five minutes it was getting the EA, you know, me, yeah. And it was just like, man, I was like, if they don't, I mean, because then every time it was obviously other counties, I'm like, can we just get this thing to land and get it over with? I'm, this is interrupting my, then of course it comes so close to my house. Yeah. Like, well, there's no avoiding it now. <laughs> so my plan is I'll, I'll sleep for, I set my alarm for like 4.30. I'll sleep for a few hours, get up. We'll have power back. I'll finish work. May hopefully get back to sleep before we start the madness again. So I get up at, at 4.35, check the LG&E power report. It's like 8 a.m. now, the new time. I'm like, well, this I, I've, I've got to get this done. I don't know how you slept. Well, then at least it wasn't it wasn't hot outside. So It was, yeah. It actually, that, that worked yeah. out okay. Like, it was actually, it, temperature inside was fine. So I get the hot spot. I legit hit publish on the best and worst recap that I am assigned to do every day, probably 20 seconds before my phone dies and I lose the hotspot. I'm like, well, thank God. At least I got that up. <laughs> so we get up for, if we get up, everybody gets up around 8 a.m. Check the LG now. It's like 11 a.m. is the new time. So <laughs> I, love those. Uh, I mean, we're like, we'll, we'll hang around here for a little bit. Hopefully it'll come around. If not, we'll, we'll see what's happened. We go to the end of our street. We see the problem, which is a huge, and it must've been, it must've been one of those little wind pockets where it just picked up. I don't know if it was technically a tornado, but like huge gusts because at the end of our street, there's like, five huge hunks of trees that have been knocked out one of them at the very end of the street on brown's lane had like this basically half of a tree knocked over drilled the power lines they're out everywhere like the power lines are down across the street and i'm thinking like this is 11 a.m seems like an optimistic because yeah. they haven't even gotten the tree off this gigantic you start line. to figure out why every time you check it gets bumped three hours exactly back each i'm like time. i'm like you don't have to lie to me like just be honest with me I, we have to start making plans now, here for what we're going I'm to honestly do honestly curious if you have electricity at the house now well we're <laughs> getting there so finally where's like, the story going we text my parents we're like we got to come over like I, i've got to work um we've got no power we you know we kids have to go somewhere so we all go to my parents' house. Should uh, drop them up there and you come over to my house. Yeah, it would have been nice. Uh, we go over there at around 12:30 when the games are tipping off, and it actually goes pretty well. It's actually kind of fun. Like I haven't watched 
NCAA tournament games with my dad in a long time. Yeah. Like that was fun being over there. Silver and lining. It actually is. I feel like we're like a little bit less responsible because my parents are just taking. Like they love doing stuff with the kids. Like they're all like about. I'm like hell yeah. Like all right. Let's are do you this. thinking why didn't we do this on Thursday or kind Friday of, as a, well? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But so we keep checking the hours reports. It goes now. It's from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And. But the only problem with going over to my parents is we can't bring our dog, Penny. She's not great with other dogs. And, and they've got dogs. two dogs. Okay. So we leave Penny there. I go back over around like 4 p.m. when there's a little break in the action to, to walk her, go talk to the lg guys and be like, hey. And they're like, it's <laughs> definitely going to be tonight. Working hard or hardly working. <laughs> exactly. Like it's gone. Now it's at 8 p.m. is, is the new estimation report. They're like, they're like, it's definitely going to be tonight. Don't worry about it. I, love, I wonder if we get to the 24-hour point where it was originally supposed to be what? Uh, 11, uh, what was your Spoiler alert, we do. Oh, man. <laughs> so I go back to my parents. We worked. like Because you know how they, they have the weird layout for the Saturday and Sunday games where it's two standalone games in the afternoon, and then, boom, you're flooded with six games at nighttime, which I've never understood. Yeah, you get, like, three right on top. I, I, sometimes they, they work it out a well-domino style where you, one's ending with, like, three minutes left and the, the other one, so you get to watch, like, the last three or four minutes, but... But you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you for have some the one game alone had... at 12:30, yeah. the one game alone at three, and then like six during the night sessions. Yeah. And I don't, I never have really understood it, but that makes that the busiest time of both Saturday and Sunday for me. So we go back to my parents. I'm working. Mary and my mom go back over there around like eight to check on Penny and check on the the house and get some other stuff because we weren't, we were hoping we weren't going to have to stay at my parents the entire day. But so she asked, and they're like, "It's definitely going to be tonight. We're working. Outage estimation is now 11 p.m." I'm like, oh my god, this this it's just it's a total disaster. Was was it one of those times where your electricity's out on your side of the street, but the people across the street have electricity? No, like our entire. Those, have you ever had those? Of those course, are so annoying. You, it, it was one of those where you could see a few streets over from our back window and it see was, the lights. Yeah. You're like, you smug sons of bitches. <laughs> like, you, you'll never understand what we're going through right now. Like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. <laughs> but so they, I work. We watch the end of the the, the night games. Uh, everybody goes to sleep. It actually worked out okay. Like Mary sleeps in my parents' bedroom with the kids. I'm downstairs working alone. Um, check the ads report again. They're like 3 a.m. now. Where's your parents sleep? Uh, we, I mean, they, they our old bedrooms. Okay. We had, you know, they have three other bedrooms. We used to have, used to be four kids in this tiny house. At one, once upon a time. Hey, four kids grew up in the house I'm living in now, and we're only 22 bedrooms. Three well, bedrooms. <laughs> the bedrooms aren't huge. <laughs> yeah, we're not no, talking about master bedrooms that. here. <laughs> so, like, I, I end up finishing my work around like 4 a.m. And check the outage report, and at uh, like 3:05. You're still at 4 a.m. on Saturday night. Yeah, this, I mean this is. I'm not getting a whole lot done during the day around here. Like I love being over my parents, but like when you've got the kids just yelling and like everybody, it's, like, it's it. You can't. You're not. I'm not getting any writing done. You gotta hit me up sometime. I should. <laughs> What's up? I so I see that the at like 3:30 they're like power's restored. Oh wow! Thank that God. Nice. Yeah. The problem though is we have this outdated alarm system that doesn't actually work anymore. But when we lose power and it comes back on, the the alarm goes nuts and it doesn't stop. So I'm th- I'm like, it's 4 a.m. Poor Penny, our dog, is alone in this dark house. The lights come out of nowhere. The alarm's going nuts. I can't just like leave her there. You don't know what lights are coming on. Exactly. You don't know what was left. I can't on remember how it was. Like if TV's coming on or, or what. So I text Mary. I'm like, yeah. I'm going back to the house. Like I, I can't leave her alone over there. Do your parents live far from your house? It's like 15 minutes. Okay. Um. So I drive over there. The alarm is going off. Penny's poor Penny's never been more happy to see me. I felt I feel good about going over there. I nap for like three hours. Come back over to my parents. I'm get stuff organized. It was. I mean, <laughs> dude, so I am. Like I said, I can't even remember what day it is at this point. Like 
God love my parents though for stepping us uh, stepping up and taking us in. And then we get back, and yesterday is kind of like a standard. I did nap during the. I missed most of the the, the first half of the Houston Illinois game. I'm like, okay. yeah, you didn't miss much in that I'm game. Like, that's kind of what I was banking on. I'm like, if I missed, but I didn't wake up till around the end of that game anyway myself. So. <laughs> But Which so that was that I was my weekend, Trevor. <laughs> that was the the Rutherford family weekend. It was not great, not ideal. And the worst part was like on on Friday, I hadn't gotten this report, but like my bosses are like, "Hey, the Thursday recap you did was was wonderful." Like the, the our we have a partnership with Apple for this month. They pressed it. If you scrolled to the left on your phone at any point in time on your iPhone on Friday, you saw my story right there on Apple News, like right below Russia and Ukraine was Mike Rutherford, best and worst. <laughs> hey, that was my article. Yeah, which is Russia cool. and Ukraine. Yeah, on was, Apple. yeah, yeah. it was me. <laughs> I was right there with you. So like, and they're like, the traffic did did great. The engagement was great. Like, you're doing a great job. And then of course Friday, I've got to like half-ass it because I haven't had power for half the day, so I'm pissed off. The whole weekend was just. You did this whole tournament though, right? Yeah, I mean, I, like I'll write about. I, did my last one for Sunday's recap this morning, and um, I'm writing about Shaheen Holloway for tomorrow. Um, we'll see. I mean, other stuff will come up. But it, it was just, it was a lot. And I still haven't slept all that much. But we're here. We're thriving. We're okay. We're going to be good. Kenny Payne's here. We're fine. So that was my weekend. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Makes me feel guilty about mine where I just sat around the house and killed brain cells and ordered DoorDash and watched basketball for two straight days. We did order DoorDash too, though. <laughs> so it wasn't we, like not completely dissimilar. I got Cracker Barrel one day and I hopped the other. boy. Yeah. Cracker Barrel DoorDash. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting Grilled choice. chicken tenderloins some chick with some dumplings. boy. Hash brown casserole. boy. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Hopefully this week is a little bit smoother, but... It's okay. We're going to be fine. I also, the other thing that I wanted to mention, and we'll get to actual sports after the break, because um, you'll like this. I did the NPR show in California, in Los Angeles again today, this afternoon. <laughs> they had you back on after they the They had me back on. Despite the last uh, debacle? It was Yeah. I mean, the last one wasn't really a debacle. They just like, the other two guys just talked to themselves the, other, the entire time, pretty much. <laughs> and I was like, am I, I'm like, am I really on the show? But so they asked again, and then... After the morning, they asked like two days ago. you finding time for NPR despite all of what's going on in your life? I did Yahoo Sports this morning, too. It was wow, crazy. Shout out to my guy, Ron Culver. Um, but, but so they, they hit me up at like 11 a.m. And they're like, hey, we're so sorry about this. Because you, know, you, you have to whisper talk. I, even, they play, even when they talk to their guests off the air, they whisper. It's, that's still how they talk. It, it has to be a prerequisite. So they talk like that in their normal life? Yeah. Like the host, like he's getting intimate. He's like, yeah, baby. Yeah. That's the spot. <laughs> all things considered i'm having a wonderful time but so they they, they hit me up there. i'm supposed to go on at 1:40 east coast time um 10 40 pacific and they're like we're so sorry mr rutherford we're going to have to push you back until 1:45. we actually were able to uh, to get uh, u.s senator alex padilla on and he's i mean alex padilla is a big time state senator from or united states senator from california not, not big enough to i know who he is I wanted to throw a fit. I wanted to be like, this is unacceptable. Do you know who I am? This is March Madness. Do you know how many Twitter followers I have? And then I looked it up, and he's got like 175,000 Twitter followers. But I mean, how many you got? 60-something. Uh, but of course, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's five minutes. I don't care. But this was for the second straight time. We needed five minutes to talk to a senator. For the well, no, it just they they he was on earlier in the show. It just they said it pushed everybody back. They had to reschedule everybody. Okay. So I'm waiting to come on the show, and for the second straight time, they're talking about 
horrible things like in Russia and Ukraine, and they've got somebody on the ground in Ukraine that they're interviewing. And all I can think of is, how am I supposed to make jokes about the, the St. Peter's Peacocks <laughs> when this is my lead-in? I wonder how they segue from that to you. It, it, it Awkwardly. They, I mean, they, they did go to commercial, thank God, because I was afraid they were going to have to be like, now joining us. And I'm like, what a weekend, folks. You, you think downtown Ukraine is madness. What do you see downtown? They don't call it March Madness for nothing, folks. I was like, this. I mean, like, there's no right way to do it. But thankfully, they were like, well, when we come back, we'll have uh, Mike Rutherford. Well, we've got, what we've got going on in Chernobyl is nothing what's going on in Greensboro. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. They put me in a, in a bad spot, but it was fine. It was like a, a you, just, you should have done like basketball references to Shane Holloway's just invading like it's Russia all through the tournaments. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going there. Did they invite you back on after that? <laughs> Unlikely. Alex Padilla. <laughs> Alex Padusha. Get him out of my face. We're sorry, Mr. Russell. Never we're, again. We're going to have to let you go. <laughs> I had an offer to go on the show in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Maybe we'll, Creighton had won. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the women's team uh, knocking off Gonzaga in front of a rowdy crowd, as well as the men's action. Also, Louisville baseball. Ooh, what a weekend yeah, for them. Yeah, baby. Changing the fortune. This is one of those series that can change the tide of your entire season. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on songs you played kind of I honestly have, can't tell the difference between him and you. <laughs> I was going to say, both songs you played, too, have the same kind of, like, they have, like, that, where the lead singer has the same inflection. Well, you have to talk like this. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 80s music done in the 2000s. That's exactly what it is. It's not a theme. It just happened to be, it's actually just the QTK Faves Day. Okay. But these are just I mean, I like both the songs. two songs, yeah. Uh-oh, I want oh, I like more. the other I only like, I guess, I only know a few songs of theirs, but. This song was cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, the guy's got a mohawk. <laughs> he's Mormon, for, which is weird. Do you think, because this reminds me of the, uh, it started with a whisper. It's the same band. Yeah, exactly. But do you, like, that's so, that was that NCAA tournament, I think it was 2013 or 14, where they played that commercial a billion times. Oh, was that the, uh, the Everybody Talks? Was, was it yeah. like their second single? Yeah. Do you are there any NCAA tournament commercials? Because every single year, if you watch enough of this, you just get flooded with the same two or three commercials over and over and over. Are there any that stand out to you? Because I've got a couple. Like this year, in particular, or just in the past. In the past. Um, you know, I guess maybe they get replaced each year. It seems like the cell phone ones. Like I don't remember what year it was. What was the one where they had the uh, the um, 
the big boy song on it, and it was doing the emojis with like the unicorn emoji and the girl's name. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was one I remember stuck out annoyingly to me. Um, I don't think that was maybe two or three years ago. Possibly that was out. Uh, this year might be the the uh, March Madness sprint ones with all the with Coach K and the new girl and Zoe Deschanel, whatever their name is. Mm-hmm. And those have been kind of crammed, but. Um, not really. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I, I remember the song for 2013. We won it was the uh, the gold on the ceiling, which was uh, that was kind of the March Madness theme song that year, which was the um, song by Black Keys. Yeah, I, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah, but, but that's but yeah, not not really. I guess the long story short is I'm ramble on. I remember. I remember these started with a whisper was that was a big one. Yeah, they're on a bus, right? Right. It, I think yeah. And then I remember the from the 05 Final Four run. I'll never forget that it was, yeah, but I'll never forget it was the, it was a Coke commercial with a girl on roller skates, and it was that song like, oh my starry-eyed surprise, dance all night, dance all night to this DJ, like they played it a million times, and the other one they played that year was the, you put the lime in the coconut, mix it all together, yeah, that one, and at first you're like, oh, it's kind of catchy, and then by the Sweet 16, you're like, I'm going to blow my brains out (laughs) if I see this damn Coke commercial (laughs) one more time. I, I cannot do it anymore. Uh, let's talk about the women's team it's yesterday. Just when you found out it's a real song. Yeah, exactly. You hear it on a radio one day, and you're like, what I'm like, Oh, it's a song from the co-commercial <laughs> yeah, from the NCAA tournament. Much. They love March Madness. Uh, let's talk about the women's team, team uh, yesterday hosting Gonzaga. It started off looking like it was going to be a, a, a second route in as many games at the Yum Center for the Cards. They scored the game's first 14 points. You're thinking, here we go. Sit down, Bulldogs. Here we go again. <laughs> Damn it, Trevor. Gonzaga. We're just gonna beat the Zag. Gonzaga answers with I, I think a 10-0 run of their own. It was a back and forth affair. Cards only led by four at halftime, and Gonzaga started the second half off playing pretty well. Thankfully, it was one of those games where Haley Van Lith is just in the zone. She was the difference maker. She was uh, tremendous. Scored 21 points. Gave a Jordan shrug at one point, which was beautiful to see. It was a, I'm told. Fantastic crowd. It sounded like it on TV, but everybody who was actually in the building said this is the best crowd we've had in several years. And the the biggest thing, and I guess I just hadn't been paying attention, but Louisville for the first time ever, I'm told, perfect home slate. Did not lose a game inside the KFC Yum Center this nice. season. I think dating back to last season, they have like a, a 21 game win streak at games at the Yum Center. Uh, fantastic. Just showing by them. They win the game 68-59, to 59, and they'll move on to the Sweet 16. Who their last loss was to? Good question. I can't remember who we... NC was State, it? maybe? Did we lose them last year? We lost them in the conference tournament. Well, they wouldn't have been at home then. I don't know if we lost them in the regular season. But Louisville will play either Belmont or Tennessee in the Sweet 16 on March 26th. That's next Saturday. And Belmont and Tennessee play tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN if you want to get a look at your uh, next opponent. The bottom half of the bracket. Opened up, baby. Opened up with South Dakota, the Coyotes. I have a, a long sleeve Coyote shirt that I actually was going to wear. South Dakota Coyote shirt that I was going to wear today before I realized I've gained weight since the last time that I wore it. So uh, it was not, it was ill-fitting. Not to be confused with South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Exactly. Both wonderful species and, yeah. and mascots. South Dakota takes out Baylor 61-47. to um, Three-seed Michigan's still alive. They play Villanova, the 11-seed, tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPNU. But bracket, open it up a little bit. A couple two-seeds in the uh, women's bracket loss. I think Iowa as well did. Did you see how that happened, too? No, I just saw the score in the ticker. So Iowa hosted Creighton. They had like 15,000 people at the game. Crazy atmosphere. And 
the girl who hit the game-winning three. Iowa was up 62-60 to 60 with like 20 seconds left. Girl for Creighton drills a three. Iowa can't answer. Game's over. She transferred from Iowa to Creighton for more playing time oh, before this season. Man. Wonderful. What, and then, I mean, they, you can't write something like that. And then, of course, like the Creighton coaches are like taunting the crowd. It was a beautiful scene. It was it was absolutely awesome. But yeah, Caitlin Clark, the Iowa star, she will not get to march on, will not play for a national title. That was nice. We almost got LSU and Kim Mulkey getting upset by Jacksonville or Jackson State. That would have been lovely because Kim Mulkey is the devil incarnate. She's she's awful. She's terrible. Well, Kentucky got upset. They got beat by Princeton finally. And did you know? Did you see the stat? No, I just I just heard they lost. I didn't see this see anything about it. Kentucky becomes that was on Friday night, wasn't it? That, that was on Friday night. Yeah. Kentucky becomes the first school to have both its men's and women's team upset by a double digit seed in the same year in twenty years since Florida did it back in 02. Wow. Yeah. SEC, Rough week. SEC, it just means more, right, guys? It just means less. And apparently your last two since the last time to do it was Florida as well. Who's one before that? Who knows? Mississippi State. Probably. Then LSU before them, then Tennessee. Uh, but that was that was I, I did I didn't see a second of the the Princeton Kentucky game. But when I saw the score, when I saw the ESPN stat and info put that out there, I was like, oh, what a weekend! I would trade because we, we when we were without power, I was like, as much as this sucks and as frustrated as I am, Kentucky still lost to St. Peter's. <laughs> I'll still take it. I'll take the trade if I had to. My wife was like, hell yeah, Are you kidding me? I don't, this is this sucks, but it's. It, this, that was better. That made up for it. It was a nice weekend, the Kenny Payne stuff, and then Louisville just killing it in all sports and Kentucky falling flat on their face. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. But the Cards, moving on, they'll play, uh, like I said, uh, Saturday, March 26th. That's the, that's the right day, right? It's Saturday or Sunday, one of the two. Well, today's the 21st. So, yeah, Saturday, March 26th against either Belmont or Tennessee. Their regional Tennessee, final but... would be Monday. And Tennessee has, you know, Samantha Williams was a, a former assistant. She's now, uh, she had been at Tennessee. I think she got a head coaching, or she left EKU, the head coaching job, to take the assistant coach job at Tennessee. And they've kind of had a resurgence because they've been. They're a four seed. They, yeah, I'm saying they've been down for a little bit, for a few years. They were not picked to do anything this season. They've had a, a big turnaround. And this is where Tennessee women's basketball expects to be. And, you know, being better than the men, which is kind of where they are right now. One game away from doing that already. Yeah, you're damn right. Uh, also. Yeah, thanks a lot for that one, men balls, by the way. Eliminate my first Final Four team. Sometimes you try to, like, you look at past trends in the tournament, and you say, well, you know, stuff happens. You know, Old narratives get overturned every March, right? You know, Tony Bennett can never win the big one, then he does. Jay Wright can never win the big one, then he does. So maybe, you know, maybe this is the year. Rick Barnes always sucks in the tournament. Fran McCaffrey always sucks in the tournament, but by God, Iowa and Tennessee, they're red hot. This year's going to be different. I mean, at least Barnes has done it. He's already he's already bucked this once with going to the Final Four, though, in Texas, though. Yeah, you know, back in, like, 1962 or whatever oh, that was. Man. It has not had a whole lot of success at Tennessee. Has been beaten in the first weekend nine out of the ten years. Uh, none of his last ten appearances has not been to a Sweet 16 uh, since, what, uh, well, he had the one a few years ago. I think one Sweet 16 appearance since 2008 is the stat. So he's due. bad. You, you keep thinking that. And Fran McCaffrey, never been to a Sweet 16 at Iowa. But, my God, like if ever there was a year, it's this year. They've got the weaponry. They've got, they're good on both sides of the ball for the first time in a long time. And then when it happens, you're like, you know what? I don't even blame you, Fran. I blame me. I blame me for buying in. I don't blame you, Rick Barnes. I blame me. I'd forgotten that much. you used to use magic tricks as your big recruiting tool. How can I trust a man who does that? 
But it was, I mean, that, that was a stunner. Before we talk about the men's tournament, though, how about some shine? Louisville baseball hosts Notre Dame over the weekend. You know, Louisville baseball gets off to a slow start. They dropped a couple of, of non-conference games that were kind of shocking, quite frankly. They get off to a slow start. They lose two out of three in opening weekend in Tampa. Um, South Florida beats them badly. Connecticut beats them badly. They make a bunch of errors. The pitching's not looking great. Even when they are winning, the bullpen is blowing games. And you're Quite frankly, you're concerned. The offense wasn't great either. So with number one Notre Dame coming to town, and I know there are like 17 baseball polls because I put out, I tweeted out like number Are one Notre Dame, and all these people like they're not number one. Like we're number one. I'm like Mississippi State fans, like we're number one. Arkansas fans, like we're actually number one. I'm like okay, well they're number one in a poll. Baseball America has them number one. What do you they're want me to say? Signing a national champion in football in 1950 over here. Pretty much, it's it's the exact. Like can we consolidate this at least a little bit? How about two polls, guys? Pittsburgh's like we're number one. You haven't even played yet. Why not? <laughs> we claim everything else. Why not? Don't worry about it. But the cards sweep Notre Dame over the weekend. The bats come alive. They outslug Notre Dame uh, 16 to 11 on Friday. Friday. Uh, they come back and they win on Saturday. And then yesterday in the final game, they win 7 to 5. Cards now the only undefeated team in the ACC at 3 and 0. 16 and 4 overall. They're back in the national polls. They're number 15 in the Baseball America top 25. And this is, I, I think, every. We're worried about the pitching, though. We're going to belie Still a runs. little worried about the pitching, but. Ben Metzinger is is raking. Ben Bianco is raking. Um, and this is one of those times where with every great Louisville baseball team, some of them have just been great from start to finish. But a lot of them have had slow starts. And then there's that moment in early April, late March, where there's kind of a turning point. You know, they sweep a good Miami team in conference play or they sweep a good Florida State team or they go down to Ole Miss and win a couple of games down there. This may be that moment for this team because Notre Dame came in here with all the momentum in the world. They were 12 and one overall. Had not they, they were two and zero. They won their first two ACC games, and Louisville just kind of puts it on him. And, and it's this message of we may have had a down year last year. We may have gotten off to a slow start. It's still our conference. Like this is still we run this bleep. Like like this has been our league since we made the move here, and not guaranteeing we're gonna roll to like a. You know, sweep every series, win every series, season like we've had in the past, but it's, it still goes through us. The Atlantic Division, if you want to win it, still goes through us. Very cool moment. Um, we we're going to have Dan McDonald on the show on Thursday, but then I couldn't do it. I was trying to get him on today. Hopefully we can have him on before we get to the weekend series. Uh, Cards will host Lipscomb tomorrow. It's Bark at the Park Day if you want to bring your dog out there. And they changed the first pitch time. It's going to be at 4 p.m. now. So if you had made plans uh, to go to the game a little bit earlier, it's a 4 p.m. first pitch tomorrow. Bark at the park. Bring the dog out. Watch us rip up on Limpscomb. But Louisville baseball adding to the fantastic weekend, Trevor. Never taking the dog to the park. You should. I should. You, you won't take the one that you hate, though, right? <laughs> just the two that you like. Well, I would just take the one because one won't go in the car. She gets car she's, she's afraid of car rides. Yeah. But just the one. But I don't have a leash. I don't. I don't I've never used a leash for them. They don't ever run away. So maybe I need to use a collar to leash. Yeah. Uh, Texas says the. What about the rock band commercial with Patino, Roy Williams, and Coach K? That was one that was on forever. Do you remember that one? Mm, no. I'm drawing a blank on that one. It was. I want to say it was like maybe 2012, 2015, somewhere around the mid part of the last decade. I don't know. Um. Texas says, this year I cannot handle the this little light of mine one more time, which makes me feel like a jerk because the Special Olympics are great. But can we just get a new song? That one has been on a ton. Yeah, that's that's a good call by the texter because I've noticed myself walking around singing the, you know, you know, you know, commercials being played too much when you don't realize it and the song gets stuck in your head. 
And I've caught myself driving around going this. And I'm like, why is that song in my head? It's from that commercial. Texture says, and this is a Kentucky fan. Uh, Texture says, Louisville baseball is Tennessee basketball. Uh-uh. Not even close. Tennessee basketball, never been to a Final Four. Louisville, yeah. what, five College World Series appearances? The only similarity is they haven't won national titles. And also, like, I mean, more Tennessee recently, more recently never you been... can say Kentucky basketball is Louisville baseball. <laughs> Tennessee basketball also, like, not perennially in the top 10 of their sport or top 15 of their sport. No. Every now and then they are. Louisville, almost every year, is a top 10 program, top 15 program. They've, they're winning conference championships pretty much every year. That's an awful comparison. If you want to talk about comparisons of conferences, though, we can talk about the men's basketball tournament. <clears throat> How's the ACC doing? Uh, not How, great. How's the Big Ten doing? Uh, not so great. How's the ACC doing? Greatest conference in the history of college basketball. <laughs> hey, we might not have as many, but the few we have, we are good at them. The few, the proud. The <laughs> few, proud. Damn you, Vatek. I'm going to end up with my only Final Four team that I get right being Miami. <laughs> I can see that happening. I, I, at least I said it last week before the weekend started. I said, whoever wins Miami-USC is absolutely going to a regional final. And I said, if Miami wins, I've got them in the final four. My official bracket, I've got, well, I had Kentucky in the title game, so I'm not going to brag too much. I've got Arizona beating Miami, then beating Kentucky, who I had beating Gonzaga. So I've still got three final four teams alive. But the top two, all the number one seeds look shaky. I got Houston coming out of that region. I think I'd feel a little bit confident about that pick. I feel good about it. I honestly went with it because it's something you said on the show when I was doing my bracket was when you were like, you know what? This is the type of year that you're going to have that wonky like team come out of there. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you, I mean, I'm not saying that Houston doesn't have a tradition and a history, and obviously we're in the Final Four last, was it last year or before? Last year. Last year, yeah. Uh, last two years kind of get blended together for me for some reason. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, pretty much everything from 04 on to last year gets blended together to me for some reason. I know the reason, but nonetheless. Uh, yeah, so I, I, when I was doing my bracket, I was like, okay, that's kind of why I went with uh, I went with Houston in one Final Four. I had Houston, Tennessee... I can't remember. I think I did. Ba- I did do Baylor, who's gone, and I can't remember who my other champ- the other league was. It wasn't Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I think I put Arkansas in there. Yeah. What? Hey, you're alive there. Cause yeah. So yeah. Uh, takes- I know Baylor was the only one seed I had. I believed. Really? I think well, so. I was, yeah. well, you chose poorly. Which is weird because I even when I saw the North Carolina matchup, I loved North Carolina getting that seven points, and I went and, and hammered them. So. Texture says. <laughs> During that story, Trevor attempted three different times to try to get Mike to come over and hang out with him at his house. <laughs> <laughs> you rejected me all three times. I did not. I just said I should have. Yeah. Uh, Texas, Next time you're going to come over. I'm I, absolutely. You know, it's more fun you to had to come over the house that, and just and, and we we you had to had the games on. You would have interrupted me so many times when I was trying to work though. I would never get. I get less writing done than I do with Virginia sitting next to me. <laughs> nah, well, it depends. On just, are you distracted by me playing like video games or something? No, I can deal with that. Okay, then you'd be okay. You'd be trying to tell me about some movie from 1983 that I'm never going to watch, though. Oh no, I wouldn't bug you that way. I don't, I don't trust you. I don't believe. I you. don't trust myself. Yeah, exactly. Texas. The best thing <laughs> to happen during that live telecast was when Mark Weinberg said that he would be reporting live all night long. At that very second of the newscast, cut back and we went back to what it was airing previously <laughs> on. Hilarious. I didn't see that. I think that was before. Texas, the next time that NPR delays you, you should answer their on-air questions with a Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Coach K is still dancing. <laughs> Awful to hear about what's going on in Ukraine. <laughs> Let's talk some hoops. Try to put it behind. Were you rooting for Coach K or Izzo in that game? Can I be honest? Nobody. 
I was I, I think I did I did not want Izzo to end Coach K's career. I was very torn on it myself on who I what I wanted to see. The my stance was twofold. One, I just think it would be weird. Like I, I don't I don't like Izzo. I don't want him, and it, it like it would have been a weird narrative, like revenge on Coach K from going twelve and three against him. But also, like they just knocked off Coach K's best team in recent memory in twenty nineteen. The, the narrative works if it's like twelve and zero, but yeah, exactly. Like, like it, there's three in there, and that kind of leads me to the second part was I would have had to have worked if Coach K lost a little bit more. Like we <laughs> we were having to have like instant reaction what our storyline would have been, and I really didn't want to do that at that point. I was tired. I'm like, just let me work on the best worst thing. I guess him losing the takes to taking Mark Adams would be okay. I really wanted it to be Mike Bray. I was hoping. I was kind of yeah. I mean, I was I was I was rooting for Bray as well. But I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I takes takes gonna be a tough game for them. I think takes take wins. I mean, I guess it's fun fact. They're currently an underdog in the Sweet 16. Duke has been an underdog in the Sweet 16 four times under Coach K. They've lost all four times. And. Wait a minute, Coach K's been underdog four times and lost all four times? In the Sweet 16, yeah. And he's, and he's an underdog in this game? Tex Tex a one-point favorite currently. Uh-oh. Write that down. Write that down. By the way, Mark Adams, is, this, is there anybody that looks like a bigger dork than Coach K? You mean Mark Adams looks looks like more of a dork than Coach yeah. K? Yeah, <laughs> like looks like a substitute science teacher. He Who's the guy that <laughs> somebody texted in and talked about who he looked like the other day, and it was spot on. And now I can't remember. It was like a... Two or three weeks ago. Oh, um, from Hoop Dreams. Gene Pingator, the head coach at, at St. Joe's, <laughs> looks mean, just like Mark Adams. And he does. I don't remember St. Joe's coach. Pingator was like an old dork. Like he was yeah. had like the he did the the comb over thing. Oh yeah, that's come over the glasses. He's a hell of a coach. He's done a good job. I it probably would have become more of a storyline if Texas had lost early instead of, you know, losing in the second round in a competitive game last night. But if Texas Tech had like, like maybe it still will be if they go to the Final Four, people are going to start saying maybe Mark Adams was a little bit more responsible for that success that Chris Beard had at Texas Tech than we gave him credit for. Because I mean Texas made a nice little run. I mean they I, and I actually bet them. They got them four and a half. I thought they were going to cover. They didn't. But but keep in mind, I mean that's a preseason top ten team. They may have been preseason top five. Like, Who's that? Texas was. Texas was. was okay. like, a lot of talent there. They got Chris Beard. They paid a ton of money for him. Mm-hmm. And Texas Tech unquestionably had a better season and now is playing deeper into the NCAA tournament. And if Adams takes out Coach K, I mean, because people said, like, he was the one who installed Chris Beard's defensive philosophy. He's the guy who is kind of the guy behind the scenes for all of Chris Beard's success. Yeah. And now, if Beard continues to struggle at Texas and Adams keeps killing it in Lubbock, that narrative blows up a little bit. I mean, they're not, not the, the, the poo-poo on the, the narrative, but, I mean, in one hand with, with Adams and Texas Tech, you have a group of kids that – know the system, have been together for the last few years, and just are a, a, a solid team. Where Some of them, though. It's, they, where Beard goes blood. to Texas, they do have almost all new players in Texas. I mean, That's being, not true. They brought back their entire. They brought back Andrew Jones. They brought back, back Courtney Ramey. They brought back their center. Pretty much they just brought in Marcus Carr. I thought, they, I thought they brought another grad transfer, too, though. Didn't they start their two, both their top two scores are transfers? No, not. Uh, I mean, Marcus Carr is, but the I think uh, Courtney Ramey was their second leading scorer this year. I thought Allen, didn't Allen lose score? He was a great transfer, wasn't he? He's there last year. Was he? Okay. I thought he was a transfer. Texas Tech, they brought in Kevin O'Banner from the, the Oral Roberts run. No, his brother was a transfer, but I thought he was too. Yeah, they brought in, because Texas Tech brings in O'Banner. They brought back Terrence Shannon, but they brought in Kevin O'Banner. They brought in, yeah, I mean, three of their starting five are new We're, players. Well, and again, but they're new also to Beer because it's also his first year, too, where Allen's again with, the, with his team. No, I'm like, talking Texas Tech. Oh, okay. 
Texas Tech has, has too many Texans. You're confusing me. I know it's 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 tough <laughs> to keep it straight, but I mean Adams definitely had a better season, and Beard kind of said. I downplayed either one. I think they're both good. I mean, I just say I wouldn't just automatically for one year say it was all Adams. No, I'm just saying like it could become a, yes. a big time storyline if this continues because. Hey, a lot of good coaches have gone to Texas and, for whatever reason, found it hard to have success there. I don't know exactly what goes Unless on. Mr. Rick Barnes, that's where you go to the final four. Or get beaten the second round with Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, he basically did lose to another team with another one and done star and OJ Mayo. I mean, OJ Mayo not as good as Kevin Durant. Not in hindsight. OJ, he was a pretty good college player, though. Mm. He was. Mm. I mean,. I mean, you just, they shouldn't have lost that game. I mean, yes, in, in, in this time of Don was one better than the other, clearly. But maybe it was a good one-year college player. He's fine. I mean, he was more of a head case than whatever. But they, like they, you should go to the Sweet 16 if you have Kevin Durant on a college. You team. would think. I feel confident in saying that. I don't think that's a, a outrageous take. And Rick Barnes couldn't do it. And I, I'll never forget it. I'll never trust him just because of that. Let's go to break. When we come back, we kind of danced around March Madness topics there. I do want to dive more into that. Also, uh, Kenny Payne, the looming battle for DJ Wagner. First shot has been fired. We'll get into that. He hasn't committed yet? He has not committed yet. I thought he already had a house down here. Was has not committed anywhere yet. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, assistant staff rumors. All that good stuff's coming up after the break. If you want to weigh in on it, text us at 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show is on the way next here on 1450 The Big X. Think of this song blasting oh. in your house 24 7. Oh, yeah. It's a great song off the 40 ounces of freedom. Um. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961 The Big X. Uh, Trevor, got to call you out now. Got You were talking about OJ Mayo taking out Kevin Durant. I thought you were wrong. I didn't have the stones to call you out because I wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> if you didn't have stones to call me out, then you can't call me out. Now. I know. I, well, I'm doing it now because I looked it up. The USC team that knocked out Kevin Durant in 2007, OJ Mayo was not on that team. Because where he was. I I mean, I believed you. 08, though, was, was the, the Mayo year, and they got beat one and done in the tournament by Kansas State. I stand by it. Kevin Durant, that Texas team, no business being a four seed, no business getting blown out by USC in the second round. That's on Rick Barnes. Uh, well, I'm going to be no business being a four seed. I mean, they should have been a four seed by their record, but you can say no business being a four seed. They should have a better record that year, maybe. But 25 and 10. 10 yeah. losses with Durant. Come on. Third, Four NBA players in that roster. Third in their own, their own conference behind Billy Gillespie and Texas A&M. <sighs> and I guess that's where I was confused. Cause I, knew, I was thinking OJ maybe went head-to-head against Durant. It was against Kansas State and Michael Beasley is where I probably was. I, I knew it was. Two uh, future NBA stars with great character. Well, I mean, well, for, for the record, Beasley and Durant were very similar games. Both 6'11 yeah. wing guys basically shooting threes. Yeah. Yeah. 
one I'd say markedly better than the other. Well, one couldn't. One was a utter pothead. He couldn't spell his own name. The other was Kevin Durant. That's true. <laughs> I mean, this this is, these are facts. <laughs> this is just facts. I mean, I mean, if, if, if he was said, if, Be- if Beasley had half the half the heart Ruta Baker did, he'd been all American by now. <laughs> <laughs> As it is, he's from the third team, the scout team. Get off the field. Can we? Go ahead. Says him now you're you're one year removed from being the second pick in the draft by the Miami Heat and the future of their franchise to being just trash so they can sign LeBron James. Can I tell you one of my buddies was very briefly the agent for Bill Walker, who famously played with OJ Mayo yeah. at uh, Rose Hill. And then went to Kansas State. And then went with, to Kansas State and played with Michael Beasley. Yep. And he said, Were they freshmen together? Yeah, I guess they, they were, were freshmen yeah, together. Because Mayo was a freshman against him, yeah. If you remember Bill Walker, or if you don't remember Bill Walker, I'm trying to, to figure out which one he was. He was the one who famously peed in a towel on the sidelines during a game. And the stories that my buddy told were just like this guy, lovably aloof, like refused to wear sweatpants, anything but sweatpants wherever he went. Like business meeting, sweatpants. Fancy dinner, sweatpants. Night at the club, sweatpants. Like just was going to wear sweatpants wherever he went. I have really no problem with that. Very much, You and, and Bill Walker, very much alike in that I don't respect. know about peeing into a towel. I would have at least used a cup, but I mean... I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I can see you peeing into a towel if that's, if that's true. what you're told to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. But he was he, he was lovable, but also just a very different cat. Played in the NBA for a little bit, too. A little bit. It was the Celtics, I believe. Not sure. I mean, it But was... not hard to see why he and Beasley both had hard times sticking around for a little bit. <laughs> Well, he, he like Walker. I don't remember Beasley did, but like uh, like Mayo, uh, they both bounced around high schools as well. So. Yeah, they, and then had kind of trouble wherever they yeah. went. Can we talk real quickly before we get into tournament stuff? Um, today's supposed to be the last night of the John Calipari call-in show for his season. Oh, it is. And they announced two hours ago that because he's on the road recruiting, they oh, have yeah. they have pre-taped the show. And will not be taking calls. Oh, that's so convenient, isn't it? I would like to start using this show, this this excuse, anytime <laughs> I don't want to do something. If the show's pre-taped. We need to tell there's no callers. You know, Mary's like, hey, <laughs> I mean, have you painted the railing on the, the the back deck yet? I'm out of the road recruiting. Can't do it. What do you What do you want me to say? Can you put down Virginia for for nap time? Recruiting. Pre-taped. 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 She already had a pre-nap. It feels like kind of a, I mean, I don't want to turn this into just a full-on bash Kentucky show. Yes, I do. It feels like a a B move. This feels like him not wanting to, because he always, you know, his, it's a call-in show. He takes calls. Now, are they pre-screened, and do they edit out people who they think may ask dangerous questions? I'm sure they do, but at least try. he takes the calls. This feels like a... I just don't want to deal with this. You people are on my last nerve. I'm obviously upset about everything going on. I know how this is going to go. I'm just not going to do it. I mean, I guess in fairness, I mean, you, you can already, I mean, you know what all the questions are going to be. I mean, do you really need to take them knowing what you're going to get? I mean, you're just going to get mostly probably much like 65 to 70% smart asses trying to get, sneak in and say something stupid. But should you, like, it's part of the job. You know when you sign up for he gets paid nine million dollars a year. He does. Most of any coach in the country. You're the highest paid coach in your sport. You just suffered the tenth loss ever by a two seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I mean, at least Maybe not, you at least should take some questions. At least not thinking the system to do this coach's show pre recorded. 
I mean, that's at least a plus. <laughs> Poor Orlando Antigua. Just thrown at the wolves. This is why we brought you back here, man. Get out there. You take those questions. I don't want to. You should have been better at South Florida then. So get out there and answer them. I mean, as much as it may suck, it's part of the job. Like half of your con- half of every major college basketball con- coach's contract is media obligations. They get paid a lot to do these things. Oh, Petrino did one in the middle of him getting fired. He did. <laughs> Take three questions. Let the fan base know that you understand their frustrations. Try to put them at ease. I'm do- sh- and I know he tried to do that with his Facebook post or whatever it was that he posted on all the social media channels, but it just feels like a it, – it's not a great look. I mean, you're going to get at least one, and if you don't even get the one, then, then do a plant caller that, sure. that's going to be like, Coach, I know it was a rough loss, but the kids really play – you know, just, you know what, what do you want do you want to hear? And for the record, I would say this if a Louisville coach was doing the same thing in the same spot. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yes, you're probably – but if this is anything good for anybody, maybe for the call screener, to be honest with you, because that's the person who's going to have like a hell of a diet. You've got to be like, like that, you're, that you're, saying, you're saying you want to talk about recruiting. I'm getting from that tinge in your voice that you want to deliver kind of a uh, a D question. You you want to be kind of a, yeah. a, a douche about this. Like I'm going to go ahead and scr- like I'm going to have to use my powers of intuition and say you're not going on the air. I'm going to go. I'll go on the record and say it's probably their re. The, they shouldn't. They might as well have said that instead of the. Uh, oh, he's on the. He's on the court. He's on the road recruiting. He can't take calls. They might as well just been honest. And be like, listen, we don't trust you people. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, here's the thing. We're we're not total idiots. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram and TikTok and Smack Chat and all that other stuff. Smack Chat. <laughs> we went to this, yeah, it's where heroin addicts go to, to converse. I <laughs> think so, uh, like we're like we're autos. We know we're gonna get you know as we do in every call and show. You're gonna have you know 50 calls, and probably more than likely 45 of them are gonna be wanting to say something smart aleck. And of those 45 smart aleck, 42 are gonna say they're they're to call to congratulate them on a good season. And it's we're it's yeah I, we're not gonna go through that. They might as well because that's the only reason they're doing. It. I mean, let's be honest. It could be Cal doesn't want to listen to it, and I can understand that a little bit too. But you know he probably should. You, like you said, you make nine million dollars, take it for half an hour, dude. But for yep. the for the call screener's sake, who doesn't make nine million dollars a year, I can understand. You know what? I give I give him slide, a slide on that one. Just put out a statement saying, "Let's call a spade a spade. We don't trust you. <laughs> we don't trust you. We think you're dumb. We think you're insane. <laughs> we're, we don't want to talk to you tonight. That's, we, that's what yeah. we're saying." We've 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 seen you know JK sixty nine sixty nine on Twitter. We know we know what he, what you're really thinking. Hashtag. It's like this next question comes from at firecal twenty four seven on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be well reasoned and measured. It's just not going to be. It's not going to be a question about scheme moving forward. <laughs> Have you been surprised at the? And again, like social media is not fully representative of a fan base, but. The fire cow stuff, the the group of people oh, it who cracks me up. There's and there's a lot of it, and the, the criticism of him nationally too. I mean, Kyle Sucker wrote a thing for the Athletic, basically saying, you know, Kentucky season's over and John Calipari's to blame. There's been, I mean, a whole <laughs> lot of national writers coming out and saying, it feels like Cal is kind of squirming because, I mean, look, he made a big change this year. He went with the the grad transfer route, bringing in some stars from other programs, trying to get older. And combine them with the young talent that he always brings in. He was in it the last couple of years, though. He, I mean, he did that in the, the run that they made with uh, 
the kid from Stanford, Reed Travis. I mean, that was just what three years ago. I mean, it was yeah, but he wasn't the star of that team. He was well. He's he's done he over the last four or five years. He's done a better job of building mixing recruits with grad transfers. A little, but never as much as this year. I mean, Oscar Shibway, probably the national player of the year, grad transfer. Well, he, well, he's not a grad. I think he was just a transfer. Well, transfer. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, he was on the team last year. And right. Out, yeah. Right. Uh, from West Virginia. Um, you know, Severe Wheeler starting point guard from Georgia. And that's a great Kellen yeah, Grady grad, yeah. played like 17 years at Davidson, it felt like. He's there. Dave, uh, Davion Mintz from Creighton. I know it's his second year in the program. He's a second year grad transfer. transfer. Yeah. yeah. He was a grad transfer last year. And what's wild is that group of upperclassmen, guys who've been around for a long time, they looked as unnerved in a late game against an overmatched, seemingly overmatched opponent as I've ever seen a Kentucky team do. Like, you expect that from... Like the the freshman stars who just don't know any better, who've never been in that situation before, you don't expect it from the group of players. They had three grad transfers, a junior oh, and a sophomore on the floor in the, in the from, biggest though. moments in that game. Like it, that's come on. Well, the problem is, is it's what happens when you get transfers from Georgia. They've never been in that situation. You know who else hasn't been in that position before? The St. Peter's Peacocks. Well, <laughs> they looked more composed and more ready for that moment, both at the end of regulation and in overtime, than Kentucky did. That's, that's the, on the coach. Tom Green did not get uh, did not get Wheeler ready. <laughs> a stunning turn of events from his usual coaching style. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, and we'll move on from Kentucky after this. Oh no, let's keep. I want to talk more about how Kentucky because it's fun. They're losing. I mean, this offseason is going to be, and it's fun to listening to their fans go off. I I, I want I want the insane fans to. to I want them to fire. I just it's it's. Just so I can watch them in, in, over the next three or four years, just graveling and, and groveling and be like, "We're so sorry, we 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 were, we were idiots." Because, I mean, what do you do if you get rid of Cal? See, the thing is, and it, I was talking about this today on one of the shows. Like, it's not just a one. This isn't just about Kentucky losing to St. Peter's. It's a, it's a piling on of things. Basically, everything that's happened since the Wisconsin loss in 2015. It's the fact that. You know, they get beat by Indiana in the second round a year later. They yeah. lose to North Carolina in a game where if they win, you feel like they're the favorite to win the national title. They blow a wide-open region against Kansas State. They falter down the stretch against Auburn, another team that they were, you know, there are two, Auburn's a five. They have the worst season in program history last year. And then this year, where it seems like, hey, we finally righted the ship. Let's make that run at that ninth national title. Let's get things going. Boom, St. Peter's Peacocks right in your face. Like It's just, it's, it feels like Rome has collapsed, or at least is burning and is on the verge of collapsing, because Kentucky fans now are in the position, to a lesser degree, I'm not trying to compare where Louisville fans have been with multiple sports, with where Kentucky men's basketball is right now, but they're going to start kind of doing the thing that we've done when things have been going poorly in football or in men's basketball, where every little piece of news becomes a bigger deal than it would have been otherwise. You know, if you lose, you know, if, if let's say they lose T.J. Wagner to Louisville. All of a sudden, I mean, people are rioting. People are, oh, no, like, he, he can't even get the recruits anymore. Let's <laughs> say you lose a grad transfer that you're going after. All of a sudden, it becomes a gigantic deal. Let's say a couple guys choose not to come back. It's probably reacted to more viscerally than it would have been in, in 2014, 2015, 2016. Like, it's just, it has changed. And if they don't have a wildly successful year next year, like, people are going to, to freak out. They're already kind of freaking out. <laughs> since, since that Wisconsin... They yes they have uh, they talk about how Cal's lost two of in two of those years you went to two elite eights by the way yeah 
I mean, you, you've been a despite obviously losing this year early and then the, the the Indiana game, you've been a nothing lower than a four seed since then. Well, they were what a five when they lost to Indiana, right? I thought they were the four. Indiana were they the four? Indiana five? five? Okay, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So they've been nothing less than a four seed. Uh, and, and then of course you have the, obviously the hiccup nine win season last year. I don't. I just. I don't know what else you want from me. Obviously, you want not going one and done in the tournament as a two seed. But bleep happens. I mean, it, well, the it, issue is they set, he set the standard so high those first six years where they're going to a Final Four of like pretty much every. You know, twenty ten. You went to two Elite Eights in the last. I know, but it's not. <laughs> but look what they did in the first the six years before that. Twenty ten, they're maybe the best team in the country. They lose in the Elite Eight. Twenty eleven. Well, there you go. Twenty eleven Final Four. Twenty twelve National Title. Twenty thirteen missed the tournament. Yeah. Twenty fourteen National Title game. Twenty fifteen undefeated season Final Four. Like that was what they became used to. Like once you get a taste of that, all of a sudden, like going to a couple of Elite Eights over seven seasons isn't enough when you mix in losing to St. Peter's, missing the tournament completely, losing to Indiana in the first weekend, like. It, it I mean, the point on. is that with the exception of last year, Kentucky has been a serious Final Four threat going into every tournament. In the, Look, you, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not arguing like, with you. If you were like an eight seed and you you, you want to go back to the latter Tubby years or, or the, 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 the the brief Gillespie years, not to mention, I mean, no offense, if you're a Kentucky fan and you want Cal gone, do you really want to trust Barnhart to hire your next basketball coach again? I mean, this is a guy you had to literally beg to hire Cal originally. My point is though, like, don't you think? I think the the reaction to what's been happening at UK is different if those Final Fours are spaced out. Like, if that if that yeah. wild run to the title game as an eight seed in 2014 had happened in 2019 or last year, I think then it's a little bit like people are still unhappy, but everybody is looking at this. I mean, our guy Nick Roush he laid it out on on KSR a few days ago. The lack of conference championships the lack of overall win percentage, it's night and day between 2010 through 2016 or 2015 and then 2016 through now. I mean, he laid it out. The the latter half of Tubby Smith's tenure at UK, he had a higher winning percentage than the latter half of John Calipari's current era at Kentucky. Like that's, it's not going to fly. And this is Kentucky. You bring in, when you look at all the NBA players that he's produced, all the first round picks, all the you know number one, number two recruiting classes, to look at that and say, one national title since getting here in 09-10, and now kind of showing signs that maybe we're not going to get as close or be in the mix as much as you would have thought. Like it's just not going to sit well with people. Like this is it's it's Kentucky. Like they want more than one national title if you're going to bring this level of talent to town. And he did this himself. Like he's now trying to change the game, and people aren't going to sit by and and say, well, we're fine with not getting all the the top level recruits anymore if we're getting all the best grad transfers, if they're not producing in the NCAA tournament. Because that's the whole reason. Like, the whole reason to try and get old is for the tournament. And it hasn't worked out great so far. There's that. It's out there. It's different. I like it. It's fun. Oh, I, I want them to I want them, I hope the, the, the insane fanatics get their way. Now, the, the looming battle, and this is going to be, this may be where the new era of the Kentucky-Louisville rivalry begins, is this battle over DJ Wagner. And... As I've said on the show a few times, Kentucky fans and Kentucky people with the basketball program have been very confident throughout Louisville's coaching search process that doesn't matter who you hire, doesn't matter if it's Kenny Payne, doesn't matter if he gets the entire Wagner family on staff, DJ Wagner's going to Kentucky. I think the staff's a little bit concerned. And you know how I know they're concerned? <laughs> the entire UK coaching staff 
was in the building watching DJ Wagner play yesterday. Entire staff. The everybody. Entire staff. They brought everybody out to see him. And that's I mean, why they couldn't do a coach's show. <laughs> only questions about DJ Wagner. We're not taking questions about St. Peter's. We've we had there was some national writer, national NBA guy, who said definitively the other day on Twitter, like DJ Wagner's going to Louisville. No, I think I saw because Goodman retweeted it or something. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Which I get excited about, but at the same time, like, does this guy really know, or is he just guessing? Is he just saying this because he feels like just, Kenny Payne's right? Got a Twitter hot take. Yeah. And that's fine, but it also like that gets Louisville fans, myself included, like worked into a tizzy, and it becomes that disaster not disaster, but it becomes that dangerous scenario that we've talked about where. If Kenny Payne doesn't get DJ Wagner, a little bit of this, all these good vibes that are out there, they go away a little bit. Like, like people are going to be upset. People now have their their eyes set so solely on getting this kid and taking him away from Kentucky that if it doesn't happen, there's going to be a a contingent, maybe a small contingent of Cardinal fans who are like, well, then what are we doing here, right? Yeah. This guy's supposed to get top players. If he can't get this guy, who's the grandson of one of his best friends. If we're putting Milt Wagner on staff and he's not going to get DJ Wagner, what the hell are we doing here? And I get it, but it also feels a little bit unfair. But this is going to be very, very interesting to follow. And whichever side does not get this kid, the reaction of the fan base is also going to be, I think, extremely interesting to follow. I really hope we get him. I'm DJ Wagner. I just go to Indiana. <laughs> what if he's like, yeah, he's. <laughs> Screw both of you. <laughs> I'm going to play for Mick Cronin at UCLA. I'm going, I'm going to Seton Hall to play for Celine Hall at the Nerdy Coach Holloway. Uh, yeah, speaking of, Kevin Willard officially at Maryland. Has he, has he been official? Official today. So have they made a Seton Hall, Holloway the official Seton Hall coach yet? No, because he's still the coach of St. Peter's. I mean, but that's pretty much, I mean, do we really? Can I ask what you thought about, because I, I got into. If I'm Maryland, I might have just skipped over Hitler Willard and gone right to him. There were Maryland fans in the, in the comments I mean, about the announcement who were like, we should have gotten the guy that they're going to get at Seton Hall now. Because you know that's what's going to happen. How did you feel? Did you see the Kevin Willard quote after they lost on, I guess, Friday night to, mm, to Seton Hall? No, I did Or to not. TCU. They got blasted by TCU. He, I'm not surprised. I like TCU. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me. But he was asked about rumors that he's going to take another job. It was the worst kept secret in, in basketball that he's taken the Maryland job. Yeah. And he comes out and says, you know, I'm not going to talk about rumors, but let me just say, you know, if a year from now Shaheen Holloway is here and he's got my job, like nothing would make me happier than that. And I thought kind of a punk move just because we all know that that scenario is out there and that it's, it's more than likely going to happen. But just because you're giving away the fact that you're going to take the Maryland job, don't don't distract the kids at St. The St. Peter's kids are on a run right now. Like, this is the greatest time of some of their lives. <laughs> Do you think really the St. Peter's kids don't know that their coach is probably, I mean. If they didn't, they know now. Like, like to say it bluntly, to, to put it out there, like, it's different when a head coach says it, a guy who clearly has a relationship with Shaheen Holloway. I just thought it was kind of a, like, let the unspoken truth be the unspoken truth. Don't, I don't, don't, think, don't, I don't put think it out gonna, there. I don't think it's going to mess with the kids. Well, it clearly didn't because they won, they won yeah, the next night. I doubt it's messing with the you know, 200 fans and whatever. They went to a live shot of like their, their, their gym during the, for a, a watch of the game. They did it like, <laughs> why they did this. They went to a live shot of it. It was like an hour before the game. There's like seven people sitting there and I'm thinking, yeah, there's only like 2000 students in the whole is school. This, is this an hour before the game or is this the actual right before the, 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 cause they kept doing the same thing. I don't know if you noticed with the Purdue game last night. They kept going, I guess, I don't know if it's somebody's girlfriend or they went to, it looked like a cafeteria. 
like I guess at Purdue they kept going to like of a webcam, and I, I never caught why they were doing it, and I never understood why they were doing it because they'd go to it and it was just like three people sitting at a cafeteria table. <laughs> <laughs> like they would just get up and share every time. Oh no, that was uh, Jade Nivey's mom. Okay, I think it had to be a relative. Okay, I knew there had to have been a reason. Okay, I was like, and I never caught reason why they were doing. It. I was like, why do they keep going to these three people at a cafeteria table for absolutely no reason other than I mean, what's the point of this? Did you see what? Why was she at a cafeteria Did you know what St. Peter's <laughs> Arena's name is? Have you seen that? <laughs> no. What is it? Run, baby, run, arena. Run, baby, run. Run, baby, run. Is that arena. a website or something? It's some company. Um, I'm assuming it's Jersey-based, maybe? I would guess so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that some company from California is like, hell yeah, let's get the sponsor St. Peter's Peacock <laughs> Arena. <laughs> run, baby, run arena. Fantastic run, name. Run, baby, run this. Seat 3,200. It's more than uh, Cameron Indoor, right? No. It's close to any Cameron, like 3,000? It's yes, Cameron's tiny, I, yeah. but I think it's more than that. I think I think Cameron is like nine thousand something. Maybe I'm thinking of Tulane. Tulane only had like three thousand. Yeah, Cameron indoors ninety three hundred. Tulane was an old bomb shelter. They turned into a basketball gym. Well, you know that's what happens when you have Lavelle Crow Simmons coming in there. <laughs> that thing is still. This is like from the nineties when they're still they're still playing the same damn gym. Texture says, <laughs> says Mike feeling pretty good about Coach Payne already. First time head coaches did pretty damn good this weekend with Michigan, Arizona, and UNC in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, Jawan Howard has had success before this. It's not. I mean, Michigan's been to five straight Sweet 16s. Conveniently left out. Memphis yeah. kind of giving that one away, but Memphis. I mean, they're they're uncoached. Did you care. see Larry Brown on the bench like trying to coach? Like Penny's just standing there. Larry Brown's like standing up, like doing all this stuff. Penny's got no idea what to do. Hey, they covered, which is all I cared really about personally. But uh, underdogs covered a lot this week, this weekend for, for the record, with the exception of a few, and I, I was lucky to nail a few of those. But the uh, I did, yeah. I, also, Arizona deserved to get beat last night. Oh, dude, how is that not a foul? It was a foul. It was, that was bad. Is it was it was at least karmic that, that, that he got the ball off late because if he got that off on time and he gave it to him when they were breaking away, I'm like, I mean, not I'm like, like there's this. no way. The game clock also, if you went back and watched, and I didn't see this until this morning, the game clock stopped because they were because it was either the, the kid who got bumped, uh, Miles. Yeah, he touched the ball, so it was either a backcourt violation or a foul. There's no other in between. They didn't call anything, so the game clock actually stopped for a split second, which made the dunk attempt closer than it even should have been because they were assuming a whistle was going to be called. They had that same issue earlier in the uh, earlier in the game during the uh, uh, when Arizona got they 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 missed the ball completely and they yeah. reset the shot clock on them. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. Had, at least they stopped playing, caught it, and yeah. gave them the ball with two seconds left. But that was it. Wasn't I'll say this. The the replay from the other side of the court that shows like the where his body is facing the camera, he definitely embellished a little bit, but there was enough contact that you got to call it. Like it was the, the 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 Terry kid absolutely bumped him, and then he touched the ball after he was behind court. So like you missed two calls there pretty much, and TCU should have won regardless. Like don't let Benedict Matherin take that three when you're up by three with 15 seconds left. I don't care that he hasn't shot it well that night. He's the best player. He's the Pac-12 player of the year. He's going to make that shot. He also had made like three in a row right before then. Like TCU did not handle that moment well. And they still mm. had a chance in overtime too. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a great game. Yeah. The Christian Coloco dunk to end it was like the coolest ending of a game moment that we're going to see this tournament. Because place just went nuts. I mean, it was 
it, it was a cool moment. I felt bad for the TCU kid, but he, one of those few times where the the underdog Cinderella is clearly not getting the fan favorites, no matter what. I mean, that was 100% Arizona crowd. Oh yeah, I mean out there in, in I think it's the San game Diego. was in was it in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was Portland for some reason. Um, they very pro Arizona crowd, and I mean TCU fans probably. You know, some of them made the trip, but some, yeah, it's, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. San Diego's what uh, three, four hours from from you know, Arizona's campus, maybe. I don't know. It was because I I've seen that argument, and somebody texted in a few weeks ago and was like, "Do you think the the pro Kenny Payne people are gonna like see do the whole see I told you so thing if we have success because that's gonna be annoying?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's already happening." Like I, <laughs> some guy tweeted at me and Rashawn Myers and was like. You duds talking about Scott Drew. Like, what do you think now with uh, Hubert Davis taking him out, staring him down and taking him out? I'm like, I think he still won the national title last year. Like, that was, <laughs> it, It's not an insane argument to say that maybe the guy who is the current national champion, who was going to be a one seed in 2020, who has a one seed in 2022, would be a great candidate to be your new head coach. Likely you'll have a one seed maybe in 2023. And also, let's not overlook the fact that Hubert Davis's team blew a 25-point lead in 10 minutes. Yeah all credit in the world for bouncing back from that and winning in overtime. But my goodness, like they, I know the officiating was awful, but they also just, just unraveled. Have they ever thrown an inbounds pass before? At some point <laughs> I was like, good God, they can't complete a pass. It's like watching a fifth grade, uh, like football game where they can only throw. It was just awful. Uh, but Michigan looked real good against uh, Tennessee. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, do you want to make fun of the SEC a little bit and prop up the ACC? When don't I want to make fun of the SEC? We're going to do it after the break. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, text in as well, 502-414-1450. Do you make fun of the Big Ten, too? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. They had a bad day yesterday. What was the set I saw, I think, the last, over the last two tournaments, the Pac-12 has had eight teams in and six in the Sweet 16. The Big Ten's had 18 in and three in the That's Sweet exactly 16. right. You nailed it. Uh, we'll talk about the Big Ten. We'll talk about the <laughs> SEC. And we'll talk about the ACC, the greatest conference in the history of college basketball. That's coming up after the break. Right. Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. as a group that you would have hated like they, i feel like that's not a tk group uh no i was a, i was actually a blink fan before they got mainstream though of course not i mean it's well i was in the their old stuff um, yeah i mean i, I was <laughs> but i was in the i was, I was a big sublime fan i've kind of you know, the, the, that that underground ska sound before they got popular like them no doubt no effects uh blink 182 i mean these are bands i kind of like like some, some of me and my, some of my friends I we knew of and listened to before they they got on you know like I said obviously mainstream yeah. and but I still liked Blink even I went and saw them in concert twice after they even got popular so, really yeah I like the, the the I mean it, 
I'm not gonna pretend to like know the deep cuts like you, but like the songs that were on the radio back in the day, I, I liked. I was fine with them. Like, the I mean, little, I, small punk or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was more sublime and I mean, actually listened to more No Effects, No Effects than I did Blink One Eighty Two, but I still liked them. I mean, I still like you know, and I like no, obviously no doubt. I have no idea who No Effects is. I'll be perfectly no honest. No Effects. It's their. Uh, they don't have anything mainstream. I may have played. They've got one song I may play on here one day. It's. But a lot of the stuff I can't I can't play with them because there's not much clean stuff. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. We mentioned Trevor uh, Kevin Willard officially taking the Maryland job. It seems like kind of a meh hire. The reaction has been kind of a meh reaction from the fan base there. Uh, other coaching carousel news that sort of is pertinent to our interest around here. Matt McMahon from Murray State has been in the top three for every job that's been open in college basketball over the last week. Uh, it <laughs> seems like he's officially taking, according to Jeff Goodman, the LSU. Head coaching job. He apparently picked really? that over South Carolina. He could have chosen either one, and he chose the uh, the strong ass route to to Baton Rouge. That's interesting. Like I was, uh, you're Matt McMahon. You're picking, but you get the choice: South Carolina or LSU. Yeah. Normally, I would say LSU probably is an easy choice. No brainer in normal circumstances. Normal. Sure. Yes. These aren't normal circumstances. Mm-mm. My guess is, I mean, it, he's got to be getting more money there. And I think also, like Chris Mack did when he came to Louisville, he's got to have some stipulations in his contract where if we just get absolutely drilled by the NCAA, I'm getting more money, I'm getting more years, buyout goes up. That would be my guess. <laughs> did they also put in there, if, if we catch you on tape actually admitting to cheating, we don't have to pay you? Yeah, it's like, hey, don't <laughs> if, if you're going to do some shady stuff, just don't talk about it on the phone. That's all <laughs> we ask for. The funny thing about hearing that job come up and – the college basketball people talking about who might take it and how it's less attractive now than it would be under normal circumstances. Because LSU, like so many programs in the SEC, has more money than God, and they've been able to hire head coaches that probably are better than their program's all-time ranking in college basketball hierarchy suggests that they should be able to get. But this go-round, obviously you've got the NCAA stuff looming. Obviously you've got the SEC kind of stepping it up a little bit, although we're going to make fun of their performance in the tournament in about five seconds. That's how long they ran it. But one of the big things that people, that has run off some interesting candidates has been, nobody wants to work with Kim Mulkey. Nobody wants to be in the same building. <laughs> They're like, she's the worst. Everybody yeah, hates her. Everybody hates Kim Mulkey. I don't blame you. I don't like Kim Mulkey. Either. And everybody's like, no, she's a pain to deal with and nobody wants that. So poor Matt McMahon's going from little old Murray State you know, in the, the heart of Murray, Kentucky, where you don't run into big egos all that often, and now he's going to have to deal with Kim Mulkey and uh, Brian Kelly every single day. You want how much money LSU sports program has? They have enough money to go back in time, and Brian Kelly grew up in a southern atmosphere. <laughs> That's how much money LSU has in football. They, they have enough money. To, they got a time machine with Mr. Peacock. And not not to be confused with the St. Petersburg Peacocks, and they went back in time and and, and, and grew up uh, Brian Kelly in a southern a southern household. He got an accent. To answer your question, though, I think even under these circumstances, I'd probably take LSU over I mean, South Carolina. If you're Mac Man, yes, you're walking into. What about you? This, but the money he's getting probably a difference between this and Murray State. Hopefully, but I would think make up the difference. Um, South Carolina's a tough place to win. I mean, it is, but it's also, even though they're both, I mean, you could say, well, they're both football schools. LSU does have a little bit more, I think, limelight on their basketball program in terms of success. That you would For sure. To, I mean, you just, you Shaq, can't. Shaq, Maravich, Final Fours. Yeah. Well, I mean, despite that, yeah, Dale Brown did go to a couple of Final Fours, though. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, usually when he's not expected to. 
I, South Carolina, you're a lot more under the radar. I mean, the Don Staley is it Staley? Is it her name? Yeah, she gets more. She gets more. You know, probably spotlight than than you do in the in terms of basketball. Deservedly so. And, and you're right. So I would almost, especially if the money's. It would depend on the difference in money. But if you're talking about say LSU is going to give me four million and South Carolina is going to give me two and a half, I'm probably taking South Carolina. I well, I think that that's they're probably not giving him four. If I had to guess, I'd probably not. I would say they're probably giving him. If I had to make an educated guess, I'd say he's probably getting what maybe around two, two seven five. Probably there. Probably there. Okay. Closer to yeah, right around three. Probably a little bit less. Than South three. Carolina's probably offering him what one and a half, maybe one seven five. Maybe. I just think that I, LSU. I almost want to. I'd almost say it's worth a million dollars less to take the South Carolina job. I see. I disagree. Because I, I think you get a longer leash at LSU. People are going to understand. If you get a two-year postseason ban or a one-year postseason ban, but a lot of heavy recruiting restrictions. Well, even with that, do you think that leash is still longer than what you get at South Carolina? Yes. I mean, they just fired Frank Martin five years removed from the program's first Final Four. Yeah, but he was also took him eight years to get to the Final Four. No, he didn't. How long was he at South Carolina? He was there, what, 20... 2010? It was after that, I think. I want to say it was like, he was there longer than I thought. But I think he got there in like 2012, and I get that it was just that was his only NCAA tournament appearance. But still, it's South Carolina. It's South Carolina. I mean, what do you expect? He got there in yeah, 2012-13. Okay. So that was his his fourth season. He went to the Final Four. I remember when when Andy Folger was there, South Carolina had some success. They did. They, you know, they never never in a tournament, but they had success the regular season. I, I mean, LSU. It's a better overall athletic program. They have more basketball tradition, a bigger basketball fan base, yeah, more yeah, money. Yeah. And if you go down there and suck right out of the gate, people are going to understand it. They're not going to be calling for your head. And if you get it rolling, I think that there's more of a likelihood that you can keep it rolling and get more money. Like I, LSU is a, it's a better job under normal circumstances, and it's not close. I think even under these bizarre circumstances, it's still probably a better place to go. But... I see the argument for South Carolina. I, I I can see it, but I get why Matt McMahon. Like, but it feels like a weird culture fit. Like he's not a big time personality. He plays. He does play an up tempo style, but I wonder if they're going. Like, that job might swallow him up. Thought they would beat St. Petersburg. I was way off on that one. St. Peter's. I was way off on that line. That was one of the. That was one of the favorite one I took the favorite in. Mm. Minus seven and a half. How did your betting go this weekend? Yeah. Hit or miss? Yeah, came about even. The, the good part was, was even though I bet almost a lot of the games, the, the ones I went the most confident on, I did cover on. Well, that's good. The Texas being, I think the Texas and Texas Tech were the two I missed that were my big bets. But I had, but I also, but I did win like Houston. I won Houston. I won on Memphis. Won on uh, TCU. Uh, what was the other one I won on? I did okay. I think I came out. I, I think maybe I about came out broken even after the weekend was said all said and done. The other names that we uh, need to talk about. Uh, Mississippi State hired Chris Chance from New Mexico State. Is that where he was from? Okay. I think they've... I saw his name across the ticker, and I was like, where do I know that name from? And uh, he, he just recently coached at New Mexico State. Yeah, I mean, always wins that conference, which is, you know, it's, it's the whack. It's it's down. That's the best basketball program in that league. So not one, but so how many coaches were hired right away from getting beat this year, in this year's tournament? A decent amount. Uh, I mean, real quickly, though. I mean, Golden went from San Francisco to Miami. He did. Or to Florida, excuse me. Kevin Willard. Um, who Matt, we just mentioned, Matt McMahon. Matt McMahon. It's three. Chris Jans. Four. Um, I want to say there was somebody else, and we're forgetting. Not that I can think of. 
Mike White went right after getting uh, from the NIT to, to go to Georgia. <laughs> Travis Steele won in the NIT and didn't get that fired. <laughs> Which, that's the other one that I want to talk about. <laughs> What's your reaction, Sean Miller? Back to Xavier. I, you know what? I, I credit to Xavier for it. Because I, I guarantee that at some point they were going, Pittsburgh's going to hire him next year. Exactly. Screw that. Screw Pittsburgh. We'll just we'll we'll just pull the trigger. I I, I thought it was a. You know what? I don't blame you. If you're Xavier and you're and if you're Archie Miller, I'm wondering maybe do, was this the right job? Do you hold out? Maybe. Well, Archie went to Rhode Island. Oh well, Sean, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, that is the right job for Archie because Archie was obviously going to get it. But if Sean, I mean, do do is do do you think it's a juicy sort of squeeze to hold out maybe and get the the Pittsburgh job after a year or. Maybe it's better to go back to Xavier. I mean, is Xavier even a better job than Pitt at this point? Probably. Less overall, less less potential for money, maybe. It's not. No, Pittsburgh's better just from being in the ACC is a better job. I don't know, It man. is. I, I, I'm big, I'm not nothing against the Big East. It's a, a great basketball conference, Xavier, blah, blah, blah. Financially. Well, financially, no question. And and just the fact that you're you're at Pittsburgh, where if you're winning at Pittsburgh, That's you're... big if. Well, I mean, I know, but... but it's a lot larger spotlight than anything you could do winning at Xavier. I, I think I disagree. I, I think that, I mean, financially, I mean, hell, Jeff, they gave Jeff Capel a $15 million buyout, well, yeah, which mean, is, you, there's more potential money up there. I, mean, Xavier, I think there's yeah. more, a much easier path to success at Xavier, and you've seen that firsthand in the last 15 years. I mean, Pitt has done nothing since forcing Jamie Dixon out. And by the way, didn't mention it, but once the St. Peter loses, we can add Hallway to that list. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go. Yeah, that. there's no <laughs> question about <laughs> when that. They win it if they lose, yeah. I'll be frank, like I'm shocked that both Miller brothers are both in coaching. I thought they probably had at least one more year on the sidelines. I certainly thought Sean did. It's I, I'm kind of with you. I think Xavier, if you are even remotely interested in making that move, you pull the trigger right oh, yeah, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know the path is obvious that when the buyout goes down, Jeff Capel's gonna be out at Pitt. Miller would have made perfect sense. He'd be two years removed from all the the NCA stuff. The one concern, and kind of the reason why I didn't think Sean Miller would get hired this cycle, is we're still waiting to hear what happens with the Arizona stuff from the NCA. Yeah, and he could easily get a show cause out of all this. But it's the same thing with. And, and, yeah, I mean, this is no disrespect to Xavier, who does have a, a solid basketball program and decent history i mean i can name you a handful of players that went there at least if that's if that's a perker and anything it tells you about your program but you know, we said the same thing about iona and iona obviously a little bit a couple tiers down from where xavier is the program but you know i think we brought it up or if you're iona and you're you're bringing in rick patino and you go well we're, you're, you're gonna get patino but for one a year you might lose him for a show cause you're like oh, okay i mean if i'm a xavier i'm the same way with sean miller if i'm getting sean miller back well yeah, but in year two you may lose him for half the season for show cause. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll so I give up half a year, but I get uh, I get him for a decade maybe. Overall, um, yeah, please sign me up. And I guess that's what the thinking is. It, it still surprised me. I thought he would. I thought I thought he wouldn't be touched until people knew exactly what they were dealing with, but clearly not. That's uh, a. I mean, if you're a Power Five conference team, you probably can't do this. I mean, they're, it's a power conference. I mean, it the still is, is but so it's not. But you're not doing that if you're at a Wisconsin or a, you know, Villanova or Ohio State. I think you're underestimating the amount of money that the Big East has from a basketball standpoint still, and how I mean, successful they've been. It's still one tier down from the rest. I disagree. I mean, they've been 
they haven't been they've been top four every single year in terms of overall conference strength on Ken Palm since they made the move to the the Catholic schools and everybody else. Well, you love your Ken Palm. I mean, I do. Like they've. Well, and Ken Palm level how, a bit in the Big Ten too. Um, no, not as much as no. he's got. Not as much anymore right now. He's got no Big Ten teams in his top ten. He's got no Big Ten teams in his top. Produce the highest rated Big Team he's got. Ten, and he's got them at twelve. They're still alive. He loves the Big Twelve, and he should be twelve. Big Twelve is pretty good. But I mean, the Big East is. I know you may view it as a step down. It's. I mean, it's not. Very, I'm not saying a good basketball conference. It is, but it's still in terms of money and spotlight. It's still not the ACC or some other I mean, Big Twelve. It's not, but I mean, it doesn't mean that that's going to to that should be the sole consideration is the the school and the athletic programs' financials. Like, it's a good job. Depends on the coach perspective and what their yeah. their agenda is. Well, sure. I mean, Sean Miller's I think got enough money. I think he's probably okay. Uh, Texas says. Well, you know they spent a lot on DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't. Some of that came out of his own. They pocket. were defrauded. <laughs> yeah, some of that came out of his own pocket. <laughs> they were defrauded. Don't worry about it. He's like in Moneyball. By money and uh, Moneyball. He's like, tell him buy, I'll buy. I'll pay for seventy percent of his salary. But when I sell him back in a year and he goes to the NBA, I get my, I get it back with an interest. Texas, how is a UK fan going to text in talking ish about Louisville baseball? UK has played in one Super Regional in their history, and they also lost that series to Louisville. Yep. They are the only SEC team out of 14 to not reach the College World Series. That is a fact, by the I way. I didn't know that. That is, yeah. That's bad. Because somebody went a couple years ago, was it? It went A&M. It was somebody, somebody made it a few years ago for the first time, and that made Kentucky the only one to not do it, yeah. Texas are the rumors that UofL first offered the job to Cronin, but he turned Josh down true. No. I mean, he may have talked to Cronin, but I don't know. I don't, the job was offered to anybody but Kenny from what the I understand. The job was not offered to anybody but Kenny. But Kenny, yeah. I feel very confident saying that. Pretty, yes, as am I. Texas says, Matt, is a KRC text. KRC text. Matt Jones talks about how Cal needs to change some things in order to keep his train moving forward, but he doesn't know if he will change. What specifically do you guys think Cal needs to change? <laughs> Win more in the NCAA tournament. Well, is that Hasn't what, won a tournament game for 2019, okay, folks. Is that what you saying, or is that one of the options from the texter? No, that's me okay, saying that. I was going to say. <laughs> I think I'm going, with, I'm going with A. Win more games in the NCAA tournament. Seems kind of obvious, does it not? Maybe beat Louisville once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hasn't beaten Louisville since 2019. Hasn't, hasn't beat Louisville in over 800 days. It was, it was December. Fact. The last time he won an NCAA tournament game. 2019. Last time he beat Louisville, 2019. It's 2022, folks. I mean, Cal's the first coach at UK to go winless and have zero tournament wins in three years that wasn't on probation. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. He's coaching first job. I mean, look what he's done with this once mighty program. Hot seat. Put him on the hot seat. Texas, when was the last time Louisville Athletics had a weekend with this many good vibes? Baseball sweeps number one. Women's basketball handles the first weekend. New coach excitement. Oh, and UK basketball getting embarrassed. Putting the cherry on top. Yeah, it was the, a great weekend. The thing is, it's 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 good, but it can't be great when Louisville's not even in the tournament. Well, no, but we're we've turned the page. That's the past, Trevor. We have a new coach. It's exciting. We do. We're happy. Yeah. We're looking ahead. We're moving forward. For 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 circumstances of Louisville not being and everything that can happen in a year when Louisville's not in the tournament, it is the everything has come up with Louisville. Yeah. Um, and the tournament's been fun to watch. There's been good games. Would you rather – it's a weird question because Louisville circumstances are unique right now. But under normal circumstances, would you rather miss the tournament entirely 
or have a scenario like Kentucky's where you have a loss that everybody's going to remember forever? <laughs> well, if Louisville's not going to make tournament, then yeah, the next best thing is to have Kentucky lose the two seed. No, I'm saying, team. but like for Louisville, would you rather like like this season? Let's say stuff's normal. The NCAA stuff's not an issue. We're just a normal Louisville basketball team. We earn a two seed in the tournament, and we lose the St. Peter's Peacocks in round one. Would you rather that scenario, or things are normal, but we just have a bad season and we miss the tournament entirely? Oh. Um, I feel like there are more jokes about losing early, even though there should be more jokes about missing the tournament. Yeah, there is. I mean, honestly, I'd rather losing the tournament me too i mean because at least you're going into the tournament as a two seed you have optimism unfortunately it's faded in uh, two hours very quickly but and i think big picture wise if you if you've just yeah. been a two seed that portends better things for the future than if you've missed the ncaa tournament well Chucky fans tells you that means cal perry's come to an end but yeah I mean, rum's burning i mean the, i mean let's be honest the st peter's, peter's also what the second 15 seed in the last what four years to make sweet 16 some I'll ask you a question because I got asked this today and I I didn't really have a good answer for it. Somebody said, you know, what you just said, that it, we had gone so long without 15s beating twos. It happened twice in one day back in, in 2012. Yeah, it was the uh, Lehigh over Duke. Colorado and, uh, State, Norfolk State. And then you had Colorado State. Uh, Missouri, Norfolk State. Yeah, Missouri, yeah. And then you had, I mean, Georgetown, Florida, Gulf Coast. They go to the the Sweet 16. They're the first team They're to do the first it. First do it, yeah. Oral Roberts goes to the Sweet 16 last year. They got it. They well, they beat a 10 seed, obviously, in the second round, but yeah. Uh, St. Peter's goes to the Sweet 16 this year, and, and somebody asked, you know, this had never, this was like previously unheard of, and now not only do we have 15 seeds winning with some degree of frequency, you've got three in the last decade, nine years, going to the second weekend. Like, like what's changed, and. My only answer was like in the the past two cases you could kind of see it coming a little bit like like it, it, Georgetown that they were a vulnerable two seed that year, um, Ohio State last year was a vulnerable two seed and that Oral Roberts team had the nation's leading score and another star who's now killing it at Texas Tech who we knew like people were saying going into that game Ohio State's overseeded Oral Roberts is underseeded mm. not necessarily predicting an upset but just saying like this is a, a bad job by the committee this was the year where it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I said on the show, I thought St. Peter's as a 15 seat was overseeded. Their statistical, statistical profile was bad. They, on paper, should have been a 16, and Kentucky is the strongest 15. It, There were no signs pointing towards this, let alone that St. Peter's could win multiple games in the tournament. And I don't, I mean, maybe there are just more players everywhere. Maybe there's just parity is ringing out, but I mean, do you have any sort of answer as to why we're seeing this more in the men's tournament than we used to? Uh, I think, I mean, just some parody, I guess, coming about. I mean, I mean, you've got, I guess, I mean, seating's been going on since 79, but you wouldn't be able to have this kind of upsetting since 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took them just not too long before the first 15, which was in 91. So six years removed. And, and, and it has, I think, I mean, I guess the main thing, maybe it's uh, the evolution of the upset and the Cinderella. I mean, it's kind of also gotten to the point where, I mean, I, it was, it's funny. I'm thinking about, you know, watching the Miami game, and I can't remember who it was, um, brought up and talked about how, you know, um, uh, Jim Larnega had kind of opened the door in 2006 for the mid-majors to make an actual deep run. And they were an 11 seed. And, you know, even then, you know, still, you know, 11 beating a 6 was kind of an upset. Or, you know, and not to diminish 
you know, some currently what I'm about to say, but, you know, even, you know, now, you know, 12 beating a five, now it's almost gotten to the point where if it's anything below a 14, it just doesn't like almost even feel like an upset. Like you, a 12 beating a five, no, no disrespect to, you know, Richmond. Being, Happens every year. It, it, and yeah. And it got to the point where it became a trendy joke that, you know, every year it's going to happen. It's happened 28 out of the last 31 years. Yeah. I mean, so it's like now it's, is it, it, the, the and then there's some years where there are the exceptions to the rules where you're going to have teams that are just way above everybody else and you have your top tier teams. And you'll have that every year to a degree. But I think now it's you're just seeing more where, you know, at first it used to be, you know, getting a 15 to win was like, wow, mind blowing. And it still is a, a shock to happen. But we've, we're evolving in terms of the upsets and Cinderella's to where now, you know, yeah, in the last, we've had three in the last less than 10 years, 15 seasons get to Sweet 16. We've had a 16 seed get a win yeah. and win a tournament. And almost now, anything, like I said, you know, anything above it, and you know, even a 13 over a four is still pretty upset. But if you're not a 13 or higher, you're almost not even like, it almost doesn't move the needle in terms of the Cinderella stuff. Like Michigan, Michigan's 11, they beat a three seed. 11 beating a three 15 years ago should have been like, oh, Lord, I mean, 11 seeds have better records in the tournament over the last 15 years than 10 or 9. Seasons. Now 11 beats a three, and it's like, well, Michigan beat them. You know, it was good. It was good. It's, I don't know. It just feels like when I'm growing up, 11 seed getting even to the Sweet 16 was mind blowing. Now it's almost become ho hum. So you, like me, don't really have an answer. Did I, I forgot the question? <laughs> Why are more 15s beating teams I recently? Kid you not, I forgot the question. Was there surprised. a question in there? Yeah. I, I Why mean, are more 15 beating? Because, because I get it's <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot. I mean, you've got 2012 Lehigh Norfolk State, Florida Gulf Coast in 2013. I, the one I forgot was Middle Tennessee over Michigan State in 2016. That was a shocker. That one came out of nowhere. So did the uh, still, Hampton over Iowa State in in 2000. That was a real surprise. Which still kind of felt like a bite. That, that feels like a different era. I mean, we went 11 years between 15s over twos. And I I mean I think I mean hell did we go did we go that long? Yeah, there wasn't another one until those two in 2012. Which was my very first day writing about the NCAA tournament for, for on that with that job in SB Nation. We were doing radio shows from uh, Saints over in St. Matthews. Yeah. I'll never forget because I was like uh, the the, the mind blowing. Me and Perrin were doing a show. But 15s over two, the and you make a good point about more and more. I mean, the 12 over five, everybody knows it. I wrote this this year, and it, of course it didn't come to fruition because all 13 seeds lost narrow games. But we have gone yeah. 10 of the last 13 tournaments going into this game had at least one 13 win. We had yeah. three 13 wins a few years ago. Like it's just kind of be, and the only answer I could give the guys was, you just have more players now. Like the, there are good players everywhere. You've got, I mean, we've seen it now with the guys who transfer up, and we saw it firsthand with Carly Jones from Radford. He comes here. He's one of the best. He's runner up for ACC Player of the Year. There are good players all over the place, and it's bridged the gap a little bit. And that's the best answer I can give. Because it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense on the surface. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, hour number three is on the way next. Uh, we'll continue talking about the NCAA tournament, uh, maybe a little bit of another rehash of the women's basketball team discussion, and we'll take more of your texts on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on a Monday here on 1450 The Big X.
K is getting down right now. I'm going nuts. Remember this song, don't you? Not really. I miss those and say, it's in your face, but you can't grab it. Oh, boy. Here it comes in. Tell them that thing. I feel like you can't. I feel like I'm getting a glimpse at concert slash wrestling show TK right now. He's oh, just yeah. absolutely getting it. Man, it's hour number three what of the Mike Rutherford it Show it. here on Monday, reacting to the madness of the weekend. Women's basketball rolling into the Sweet 16 with a win over Gonzaga. Baseball team sweeping Notre Dame. Men's basketball momentum, the positive vibe still feeling good. DJ Wagner talk, intensifying, all that good stuff's happening. It's a, a good Monday around these parts. We didn't get to do it. We said we were going to do it last segment. We didn't really didn't get around to it. But one of our favorite hobbies around here, and we got to do it now, making fun of the SEC. Oh, that was going to be – I thought you were going to ask me how did you do on Wordle today. How did you do on Wordle today? Got it in four. I've not played yet, actually. I, I totally forgot about Wordle. I've moved on from getting doing it during the show to doing it like at one in the morning. But ooh, Wordle's available. It's after midnight. Yeah, it's after midnight. I got Wordle. I think I've forgotten like three of the last four days, so my streak is oh, ruined. I think it was Friday. It was Thursday or Friday. One of the days. I mean, I, it was on the last one I got. It was the day that movie was the word. I'd see. I haven't played. Like, three of the last I was four just. Days. I don't know for some. I had, what was killing me was I had every letter but V, and just my mind just like, forgot about V on the on the on the alphabet. Like who uses the V, right? Come on, yeah. V's, get out of here. As a texter points out, yes. teams in the Sweet 16, members of the Alliance, who could forget the Alliance, still exists. <laughs> I forget. That thing's still around. Oh, it's still around, baby, and it's thriving. Isn't that everyone but the SEC? Seven members of the Alliance are in the Sweet 16. One member of the SEC is in the Sweet 16. It's Arkansas, right? Yeah. It's Arkansas. Only team left standing. Eric Musselman kept his shirt on, but they're dancing onto the Sweet 16. Amazingly, he's the one of you that did keep his shirt on, too, this weekend. Loved Kelvin Sampson taking the shirt off. I mean... Loved it. Couldn't have loved it more. Would you take your shirt off if you were a coach? Oh, my God, all the time. Yeah, I would, too. I, I wrote about it. What's sad is I, I'm the one, I shouldn't be keeping my shirt on, but I'm I'm the guy who goes out and, like, takes the trash out and, like, my, nothing but, like, my underwear. I can see that. Um, yeah, like there's a, every neighbor has seen me without my shirt on. But Kelvin Sampson doing it because it got pointed out to me yesterday, and I totally agree with it. His mannerisms during in-game interviews are so similar to Nick Saban. Like just the the <laughs> shortness of it, the way he talks, the way he looks around. It reminds me so much of Saban. But the similarities stop and end there because I can't see Nick Saban going shirtless in the locker room after a big game. But seeing seeing Sampson doing it and like shaking his arms around and dancing around, it was kind of like the first time that you hear your dad make a PG-13 joke in your presence. Yeah, you're like, oh, curse word, yeah. this is a side of you that I didn't know existed, but I feel like it's opening up new doors. <laughs> I'm looking at you in a little... You're a human being. I, I'm looking at you in a little bit of a different light now. This is Everything has changed. But that was very cool. But the SEC talk, I would feel... They would be good this year, weren't they? They were so confident going into this tournament. And not just fans of the respective programs, the head coaches. I mean, you had you had coaches out there saying, I think this league can send three teams to the Final Four, and if they'd actually put the bracketing the way they, they should have, we could have had four teams in the Final Four. By the way, I know I bashed on them earlier, so I guess I give them credit. The Big East is the only one to ever send three, right? To the Final Four? Yeah. I think the – didn't the ACC do it a couple years Big, after that? Big East did it in 85. Well, the St. John's, Georgetown, and uh, – uh, no, he, 
Yeah, uh, uh, Villanova. I thought the ACC did it the year that NC State won it all. In 83, that would have been Georgia, NC State, Houston, and Louisville. Well, then no right then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like there was one year. I, I could just be totally wrong. For some reason, I was thinking ACC there was one year. The I know the Big East has done. No one's done all four. No. Three is the most. And I just Let's know. See that, if we can find it. I know that. I just know for I, top of my head. I know like I said, the Big East did do it in '85, and they seem may have done it. Uh, most teams, you're right. The only time it's ever happened with three teams is the '85 Final Four. The East. Yeah, that's yeah, the only time. But the SEC was going to do it this year. They were going to send all four. All four. They've done several times. Two have been out. Two has been done more times than we can count. I mean, you had Bruce Pearl being very chesty going into this tournament. You had John Calipari saying this. The way you judge a league is what's their tournament record? What's their record in the NCAA tournament? If half your teams are three-quarters losing the first game, it kind of tells you that maybe you weren't what everybody said. He said that after Selection Sunday. He's taking shots at the Big Ten. He's trying to. Trying to. (coughs) Well, don't get me wrong. (coughs) Cal, you can still take shots at the Big Ten. But sometimes maybe, I don't know, uh, people live in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks. It's all gone. They're I mean, all gone. Besides Arkansas. They're all gone. <laughs> and also... It's a movie. I mean, it wasn't in that scene from a movie. It's all gone. They're all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> the losses, too, not exactly like losses where the SEC teams come away looking good. And it's just like, well, they ran into a hot team at the right time. I mean, Miami whomped Auburn last night. 79-61. Isaiah Wong dunking all over Jabari. Yeah, team. Auburn gave up on that game early. Auburn's been giving up for the last month. You know when they started giving up? Bruce Pearl got that extension. Yeah. yeah you're welcome, yeah. rest of the – you're welcome, Miami. Jim Laranega, we got you into the Sweet 16. <laughs> That's our Sweet 16. Hang the banner in the yum. Put it up there. We did that. They – I mean, those players looked like they could not have cared less last night. No. They completely gave up. Kentucky, we know what happened to them. Did not – we can re-talk about it, though, if you want. Spend the last hour on it. Why not? It's fun. They look bad. Tennessee looked not as tough and not as prepared as Michigan I on Saturday. I missed a lot of that game. No, they, that game. Was that Saturday or that was Friday, I thought? That was Saturday because it's it's second-round game. Yeah. What was that doing? I missed that game for some reason. I mean, they look bad. Arkansas, I know they won, did not look great in either game. I mean, Vermont had them on the ropes on um, Thursday night. New Mexico State. Despite not shooting the ball well at all, played them pretty close on Saturday. Actually, they should have lost that game. Was it, was it the New Mexico State game or was it the Vermont game where Arkansas looked to turn the ball over like three seconds left, up by two or something, about yeah. three? Was that Vermont or New Mexico? That was Vermont. Okay, Vermont. Yeah, one of them they almost just completely pooped the bet on. Bama doesn't just lose to an 11 seed in Notre Dame, loses by 14. Also looks kind of disinterested in the process. LSU, without a head coach, scores 54 points, loses to Iowa State. <laughs> It's bad. It, bad conference. Bad all the way around. No, Con- but it's good in the regular season. Well, that's because that's what really matters, right? Am I forgetting anybody? I believe I've tackled all the the SEC teams. Um, yeah, I think you nailed them. There was what? Yeah. Conversely, the ACC. And I, I completely understand the hypocrisy of me hating this league all year because of the way they officiated games, but... Duke's in the Sweet 16. Miami's in the Sweet 16. North Carolina's in the Sweet 16. Notre Dame won two games, pushed Texas Tech to the brink last night. Virginia Tech played Texas pretty close. Three Sweet 16 teams. The only loss was at least 11 to a 6. Well, and... They weren't even supposed to lose that game. Right. And, yeah, I mean, 11 seeds are the only two ACC teams that didn't make the Sweet 16. Yeah. Just saying. 
Wasn't there someone else we're forgetting they got a win in ACC? Don't think so. We had five teams in. Okay. Notre Dame won two games. Maybe you're forgetting that because they won first four, but they didn't go to the Sweet 16. Carolina also, with the exception of their complete collapse in the last 10 minutes of regulation against Baylor, has been about as impressive as anybody in this tournament. They set the record for margin of victory in an 8-9 game by beating Marquette by 32. Caleb Love, when he's good Caleb Love and not awful Caleb Love, has been pretty damn good. RJ Davis has been tremendous. Baycott's been Baycott. He did, he did, you know, try to scissor kick a dude and got got uh, a technical for it. But that's gonna happen. You take, you take the good with the cheap when it comes to Armando Baycott. You, you know what you're getting. Flopped, I mean. And then you've got Brady Manick, you know, throwing bows. Did you? Were you mad about him getting tossed? I didn't even see. I didn't didn't catch much of the North Carolina. Or you, I didn't catch. It's Baylor. Baylor game. Yeah. So when they were up by 25, Manick threw an elbow. The, I mean, it was the a, guy they call Bird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> threw an elbow. It was he certainly should have been whistled for something, but they tossed him out of the game. Called it a flagrant two, and that started the Baylor cutting into the league and lead, and and then the officials lost their mind. I've never seen a game where every single time there was a semi questionable call and some seemingly obvious calls, they got every single one wrong. Every call was all, and it was against North Carolina for a long period of time. And I get why UNC fans were just losing their minds, but at the end of regulation and in overtime, just as many awful calls went against Baylor. Like any time there was a clear, like that dude just swatted the ball out of bounds. It was a clear block. They're like, I don't know, North Carolina ball. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you doing? This is, I, if any of those refs work any other games in the tournament, it's a travesty. I've never seen a game officiated that poorly. But Carolina still deserves credit for putting themselves in that position to have that 25-point lead. And then they really deserve credit for, I think, manning up and winning a game where, they had zero momentum going into overtime. Everybody in the world, myself included, thought foregone conclusion, they're done. Baylor's going to, like, Baylor's nails. They're going to step up. They've got all the momentum in the world. They're going to win this game. And I think everything changed. The very first possession of, of overtime, Dontre Styles, seldom used freshman, hits a three from the corner. He was two of 15 from three for the season going into that overtime. Has to play because dudes are hurt. Drills it. Kind of calmed everybody down. And then they played really well. Duke, I mean, also... As much as I don't care for Duke and don't care for Coach K, their backs were against the wall yesterday. They're down five with less than two minutes to go. They make five straight shots. They got a, a couple friendly whistles, which you expect, but they also held Michigan State to two of nine shooting on their last 10 possessions. The other one was a turnover. Like They made all the plays you have to, to, to make to win games like that, and Michigan State didn't. They deserve credit for that. Notre Dame, fantastic showing. Miami could not have looked more impressive against Auburn. Is the ACC the greatest conference of all time? Many people are saying yes, Trevor. <laughs> but it is wild to look up. This just goes to show, like, the tournament, you just never know. All season long, Duke's been the only team ranked. There was some half-joking talk in, in early February. This could be a one-bid league or maybe a two-bid league. And then you look up, and bam, only one other conference has more teams in the Sweet 16. Meanwhile, the, guy, the team who had coach of the year and play of the year is in the NIT. God, that is nuts. I hadn't even thought about that. And of course, and I asked you that. I remember when I asked you, I was like, if the ACC ever had a coach and player of the year on the same team not even make the tournament? I, nobody gave me an answer on that. I and I, I, I still can't imagine there ever was. I mean, maybe a player of the year didn't make it or, or yeah. one of the two. I Probably player of the year more than likely than coach. Well, Pastner did it a few years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, 
you know, happen, but both, I still don't think it's possible. I mean, or, or, or it's possible because it just happened this year, but. The only answer somebody gave me was that it happened, like, way back in the 70s with the team that was banned from the post. Well, that's right, like, yeah. that was it. That one wasn't banned, was you only had one team, that's right, one team go per league. So I could see Maryland maybe lefty Drizel win coach of the year, and then. I don't know, one of their players get player of the year and yeah, didn't get in. And I've seen Wake Forest fans like just adamant. Like this just shows we shows we got screwed, right? Like, I'm like yeah, how did you are they still alive in the NIT? Oh, they're alive in the NIT. They're leading me to an NIT bracket challenge championship. Uh, they're, they're my pick. I'm riding them all the way to the top. Uh, but it was. And I haven't fought any of the NIT. Virginia just won like in the NIT, didn't they? They did. They won. They they played. It was the first time. So they we're hit, dominating both tournaments. The ACC is. Virginia beat North Texas, and this game. It was interesting because it was the first time in the history of college basketball, at least as long as they've been tracking this statistic, that the two slowest teams in the country, number 357, number 358, <laughs> played each other. Yeah. And it wound up being like a, a like it was 71-69 in overtime. It was more exciting than like three or four of the NCAA tournament games uh, on Sunday. I mean, Iowa State, Wisconsin, 54-49. Nobody can make a damn shot in that game. It was I awful. mean, that, yeah, that 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 one hand that that that. I was glad Iowa State won because I had in my bracket also in my uh, my little, I don't know if to tell, but I do, I think a dream team bracket pulled. You know what that is? Draft players. And I'm in it with TJ Walker and some other people. And uh, basically everybody had like Ty Ty, because the way the, the pricing was, every team in, in this pool had Ty Ty Washington. And he, of course, he got eliminated. A lot of people had Tennessee guys, they got eliminated. But. I'm like right there. It's me and like two other people, and TJ's one of them that are pretty much looking to, at, at going away with this. We all pretty much have Drew Timmy on our team. The difference is, you know, the the odd guy. I have uh, your dude Isaiah, whatever his name is from Iowa State. Uh, they're leading scorer. Oh, Crothers. Uh, not Crothers. It begins with a B. I forget his name. Uh, Brockhausen or whatever. Isaiah something. Uh, Brockhausen or whatever his name is. Not Gabe Kausher. No, no. They got let him in scoring. Average like 18 points a game this year for him. Uh, oh, um, um, the he, yeah, he's been Brockington. Yeah, he's second on the team in scoring in this tournament. But that one of the, the surprises, one of the people I'm going against has uh, Kenny Wong. Isaiah Wong. Or, I know Isaiah Wong. Yeah, from I say Kenny. He, He's good. Uh, yeah, from Miami. So that's that's it's gonna really kind of come. I think TJ's TJ, who's also in it, has got Timmy. He's got somebody from Arizona, not their top guy, obviously. Uh, I think one of their second tier guys. So it's gonna be kind of really see who comes. We're, it's coming down to like Miami, Iowa State, and Arizona, and who goes farther. As far as like the conferences are concerned, Trevor, like the SEC. I, I know we're making fun of them. I think you can chalk this one up to just sort of. A, a fluky tournament, like a fluky matchups. I think the bigger concern, you mentioned the stat, over the last two years, 18 Big Ten teams have made the tournament. Three have gone to the Sweet 16. Yeah. I said this when I did that that uh, that bracket thing with the group. I think I don't think this is a just fluky trend at all. I think the Big Ten is playing a different game than the rest of the, of the country, and it's really showing when they get to the NCAA tournament. Like the old traditional, everything goes through the post player. We run. Yeah. You got to have paint touches. Got to get the ball inside. I know some teams that are successful in other conferences do a little bit of that, but everybody in the Big Ten, it's so post driven. It's so front court driven, and you get into the tournament, and it's an entirely different game played by entirely different teams. Mm, agree. And I think that this is until they change and get with the times, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon. They're going to keep getting left behind, and Purdue is sort of an exception. I know they have a two headed big man, but they. 
they're more of a guard-driven team than some of the other teams in the Big Ten. I mean, Jaden Ivey is their engine, not Travion Williams or um, Zach Ivey. Like, it's more about their guards. They just happen to have really talented seven-foot, six-eleven, giant behemoth dudes. I, I just think until they stop doing this, until they stop playing this way, you're going to keep having tournaments like this where they flame out early. I mean, Wisconsin had, a, I mean, was guard oriented slightly just. Unfortunately, didn't have enough around him. I think as well. Yeah, I mean Brad Davison. I mean, yeah. but John Davis is your best player. He's he's great. Yeah, I mean, the other guys aren't. Yeah, it's, that was more the exactly. It was yeah, but, but they but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think they're just yeah, it's a style play in the Big Ten and during the regular season it, it gets kind of the I know I don't know people my UK friends used to like when they would try to like bash the Big East when Little was in the Big East. The Big East was by far the best basketball conference. They'd be like, oh, you're not, it's not really that good. Just y'all just get crazy because you beat each other up. and It's just all in, in inside thing. And there could be some truth to that sometimes. I think in the Big Ten there is. I mean, you, you talk about the depth of the Big For Ten. Sure. and It's mainly just because they're just propping each other up from beating each other type of thing. And You could have said that about the Big 12, but I don't think that was true. I think the Big 12 was the best basketball conference this year. I think Same. it's kind of obvious and it's showing now in this tournament that – I mean, when you're, I think I said this, you know, going into the tournament, well, when is I like to Iowa State, and this is, this is a team I like, I think, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the country, and you look at their out-of-conference schedule, it was not easy, but they did well, and they just got beat up in conference, and I think a lot of it do is the fact that they were going against teams that knew them, and knew their, knew, even though it's a new coach, you know, knew what they were doing, and, you know, it's a different thing. When you get to the tournament, we've talked about the Syracuse effect, you know, kind of thing. You know, these teams, you know, Wisconsin and, you know, even Purdue against Texas and, and so on and so forth, you know, they're not used to seeing this physical type of the play that they see, you know, with athletic guards that you get in the Big 12 everywhere else. And it's, you know, the cream is somewhat rising to the top in the in the tournament, as you're seeing this year with Texas Tech and, you know, Iowa State and so on and Kansas and so on and so forth. Baylor almost getting there, but, getting you know, just getting knocked off. I think the other thing that we're seeing, too, is kind of what we suspected all along, which is they're just aren't dominant teams this year. And I know there was some talk of Gonzaga and Arizona being a tier above everybody else. All oh, three one seeds that are still around are were pushed to the brink. I mean, Gonzaga was definitely pushed by Memphis. Kansas was pushed by a shorthanded Creighton team. That, that they, one surprised me, actually. If they have Nemhart and the big kid who got hurt against San Diego State, they might win that game. Uh, definitely, I thought Kansas would have won by 20 just because I didn't think Creighton was very good. I didn't either. I thought, I thought Kansas was going to roll. That was a game I didn't wake up in time to bet, and I'm glad I didn't because I wanted to lay the 10.5 on Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have, if I was trying to advise you, I would have definitely said the same thing. I thought that would, they were going to roll. And but now I love Creighton, made it really interesting. I did like Memphis and TCU as possible with Cinderella's. I did, I did like their. I didn't know if they'd. I thought Memphis would come up short just because it's Memphis. We exactly. Talked, I mean, they had Duran out there with with three fouls, or with, with like beginning of the second half, he has four foul early on. And they were like, why why do you have him out there? That was the most predictable game flow of all time. Yeah. I told my dad they're going to come out. Memphis will get a lead. I didn't think they'd be up by ten at halftime. I thought they would lead early, and then Gonzaga will start playing, and they'll fold, and Gonzaga won't. And, and that's I, exactly what happened. And I, all I did the whole time was just going, just don't lose by more than ten, because I got I got you at ten points, Memphis. That's all. Yeah, I knew you could keep TCU. I didn't think they would give them as much as they did, but I thought they'd keep it close. I didn't at all. I'll be honest. Well, I, I liked watching T- TCU improved over the last couple weeks, and it was kind of the same thing with the Big Twelve effect where. You know, this, if you take that TC team and put them in another conference, they may have a, probably may have a better record. I'm not saying they're a two seed, but probably a lot better record than they had playing in that big in Big Twelve. I think you're right. I mean, I, mean, I had big, buddies who were big on beat TCU. Kansas twice. They did, um, and also they have a great coach, Jamie Dixon. Did you True. see the Drew Timmy post game interview 
No, what'd he do? So, Andy Katz is basically like, I heard you giving an inspired speech to your team at halftime. What did you say? I heard about that. And so he tries, he tries to basically say what he said without using the actual words that he said. And it was the funniest thing because he's like, I, I know I can't say this on TV. And he's like, I said, I don't give a flying F if we win or lose at the end of the game. We're not going out as um, no um, soft guys. <laughs> Basically trying to figure out a way to say the P word without actually saying the P word. <laughs> it was so good. And the best part of it was like – Two minutes later, he just drops the S-bomb twice on uh, on national TV. I, I do that, though. Because they're, they're talking about Nemhard, and he's like, they were making fun of his hair and stuff and going off, and he's like, good bleep, bro, good bleep. And he's like, he's like, I'm like, well, I mean, then why even censor yourself the first time? No, you got to remember, you, you can say S-bombs now. Not we can't, yeah, but you can. You're not supposed to be. Not a- on, after 9 o'clock on TV, now you can. Well, not, I don't think in this scenario you're supposed to. I feel like I, feel like I see it. On, like, I, I can't watch that episode of Sunday in Philadelphia without it being here. Like, well, every, yeah, but that's yeah, it's cable. It's like, not CBS. <laughs> that's not Turner. Not Turner appropriate. But I, I did love it. it oh, yeah, off now, AEW drops the S bomb a lot. Well, you know, they had no they're, rules. They're no Turner. rules. Um, but I, I loved it. I thought Drew Timmy was he played a hell of a game. Tector says maybe KP has the Magic Green notebook. He's not revealing any secrets until the evidence is on the court. <laughs> like that. Grandma, I didn't get the job. <laughs> Tector says when's the recruiting dead period? Well, there are. They're in it now, aren't they? There are several. They're not in it now. I know the big one is. August. There's a quiet period too. I don't know. I'll be perfectly honest. I can't tell you the difference between the quiet period and the dead period. I know people talk about it. I think quiet, you can whisper to them, and dead period, you can't. <laughs> You're allowed to call. You just have to speak in a whisper. Well, or you can only text during quiet. <laughs> but there's, I think the 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 next one coming up is in May, I believe. I know there's one in. Hell, there may be one now. I don't even know. I like how recruiting I has track. a dead period, like a break, like. We're going to give these recruits like three months to not have to be hassled by grown men begging for them to come play for them. It can't be now, though, if, if Calipari's in the entire staff are going to see DJ Wagner, right? I, I guess they can watch him and not talk to him. but Yeah, you know, I guess technically you can. Is that kind of recruiting if you go to, just to the person's game? I guess not. I don't know how it works. I'll be honest. Good, yeah, I'm not going to ask. Uh, Texas, diehard UK fan here. I love the show. What? We've got, I feel like we've got more UK texts today than we've gotten anything else. I don't know. Diehard UK fan here. Love yeah. the show. Thank you, UK. Cal not taking calls is a B move. He said the word, but I won't. I agree. <laughs> Texas says St. Peter's dominated Murray State, led the whole game. They did. They did. I was I, That one surprised me, too. Me, too. I, I should have Maybe I should have seen it coming because Murray State was so banged up going into in the San Francisco game, but... I was surprised. I was still surprised, yeah. They look great. I mean, they... Texas, the only thing worse than getting squalled in the face, getting St. Peter's Peacocks in the face. Mm-hmm. Texas said, why Petrino is a better coach than Cal, or Patino, but he just spelled Patino wrong. Cal needed a pit snoggle moment to settle his guys. When that guy couldn't miss, Patino called timeout and told our guys that we're going to win this game. History. Oh, what? I got confused on who's better coaching than who. He's saying Patino's better than Cal. Patino settled his guys. Oh, okay. Also, that West Virginia team was good. Let's not compare them to a 15 seed St. Peter's team. No, but they were they were on fire. They I mean, couldn't that miss. Was, yeah, unbelievable. The whole tournament. Yeah, they were crazy. The fact that we won. I mean, that game mirrored that Florida 2012 game so much. That's the Pittsburgh team that beat Chris Paul and Lake Forest. Yeah, I mean they were they were terrific. And yeah. Beilon, I still think one of the best coaches in recent. But they memory. beat the Sweet 16 that year. I do I remember? It was another because they were the seven. 
So they'd beaten the two seed because Wake Forest was the two seed. Yeah, so that was the second round. I feel like it was another like kind of fluky double digit seed maybe. That was the old five tournament, right? Yes. You can yeah. look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. Uh five oh two, four one four, fourteen fifty. Uh they beat Texas Tech actually, the sixth seed. Six seed. Who had knocked off three seed Gonzaga. Okay. I don't remember that. I don't either. That was Texas that was Bobby Knight. Three sixteen. Texas Mike and TK, final four predictions, and also next number one seed to lose. Uh Next number one seed to lose, I'm going to say Arizona because I, I like Houston anyway. They seem – I've got Arizona winning it all, so I guess I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I guess I reserve the right to change my opinion now if I want to. Um, they, I mean, they, they looked super vulnerable last night. Although I don't think that you get that type of shooting performance from uh, Benedict Matherin again. I know he was great late, but he was not good before then. Yeah. You also probably don't get Christian Coloco going 12 of 13 for 28 points again. Um, I think, I mean, I think Gonzaga is a little bit vulnerable against either Arkansas or Texas Tech if they move on. Yeah. I'm going to go, man, I'm going to say, the who, who do you have coming out of the East now? Carolina, UCLA, Purdue, and St. Peter's. I had UCLA in the Elite Eight originally. I had them beating Baylor and then going and losing to Kentucky. But they're banged up. I mean, Hami Hawkes now has an injured ankle. Juzang already had an injured, injured ankle. I think ankle. I had Baylor. I think I did three brackets. I think Baylor was coming out of that in all my brackets, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I had Kentucky beating them in one. I think maybe I split. Did Kentucky, Baylor won, Kentucky won. Purdue seems so strong, but they always choke here. Uh, no. Um... I mean, I want it. Just it, 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 it's hard for me to take peak UCLA. I mean, they, um, because I know they can be out coached at any time. <laughs> uh, I'm never letting it go. I don't care. I'm up forever. Yeah. Um, torn between. You know what? I'm gonna wild hair. I'm gonna say coming out of the east, UNC. I can see it. I'm kind of think, leaning that way, too. I'm going to go against it, though. I'm just going to go with... I mean, we kind of talked all year how they played so much better away from home. They did. I mean, we that was kind of something that was brought up all year. Like, especially when, for somebody who gambles like I do, I would notice more often than not, like, and it's not like a secret, but they were just a different team on the road than they were at home. I'm going to stick with Gonzaga and Arizona because I had them all originally. I was less than impressed with both of them. Um, I'm going to stick with Miami. had that originally. Going with it, I'm gonna say, <sighs> hell with it. I'll, I'll say UCLA comes out of the East. I'm sticking with them. Mick, Mick <laughs> uh, gets it done. Uh, back to back. Gets it done. Um, the new Ben Halland. Uh, I like still Kansas. I, I'll, I'll take North Carolina out of the East. I really want to pick Purdue, but I'm just I. I have a feeling Purdue and North Carolina will play, and Purdue will find a way to choke it. They away always the do. They always I find just, a I way. Have a way I just have a feeling that they will. Um, I, I've liked Iowa State. They've squeaked by, literally. Uh, I think them and the Miami game is going to be a really fun game, but I think Kansas wins the Elite Eight regardless of who they go against. Even though Providence, I mean, I mean, it took them until the second round of the tournament this year to win a game not by less than six points, but Ed Cooley. they they have looked good, but I, I still like Kansas. Well, they won uh, the first one by nine, too. Did they win by nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, they did, yeah. Nine and now. 28. Um, so they've covered on both. And so I'm going Kansas to the Midwest, North Carolina to the East. Um, I'm Houston out of the South. I still like Houston the most. And then I'm going to say out of the West, 
Ooh, West almost is, it seems to be the toughest. It's, it's the East is tough, but in a different way to me than the West. The West is tough. Like, like I feel like just any of these four teams could do it. You just can't picture any of the teams from the East in the Final Four. That's the issue. Like you don't want to. <laughs> like you know, I don't want like it's, it's you have eight, four, three, and fifteen. It's yeah. like you don't want to really pick any of them. Well, I want to picture St. Peter's. They'd be hilarious. I know that. Yeah, I agree. The only problem with that is if St. Like, Peter's goes to the Final Four, all of a sudden Kentucky fans are like, "Well, it was destiny." Like they just they were hot. Like there was a part of me that I loved seeing them beat Murray State, but it would have been funnier for my personal interest if Murray State had beaten them by like forty. And UK is like, oh my god, oh, well, how did we lose to them? And not that I'm not going to still bring it up, but I mean, and you can still you can double down on the, oh well, I mean, good lord, what will Kentucky, what lengths Kentucky do to go to avoid playing Murray State? That's, that's a good joke. I, I saw mean, that a couple I've times. I've seen it, and it's still, I trust. But, oh, I've been sending it to UK fans. <laughs> uh, I know I didn't answer this last. That's okay. Last we need to move section. On. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm, I, I, I picked our Arkansas one bracket, so I'm gonna go Arkansas. Must bus Final Four. So Arkansas versus North Carolina. Kansas versus Houston on the east side. I'm still going. I'm going to say Houston win the national title. Right I can now. see it. At some point, we're going to have to start respecting Houston. Like, they just – the metrics love them. Samson's a hell of a coach. They lost all five stars from last year's team, and they're right back here. I mean, are they, it's safe to say they've been the most dominant team of all the 16 left, right? Of all the what left? 16 left. Them and Providence have probably been the two most dominant. I mean, they just – they manhandled UAB in the first round and Illinois pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, and they the haven't had – They have 12 and a 13, so that's different. I'm with you. I mean, probably. I mean, Providence is a well, yeah. Providence played a, a, a yeah. They did the second round. They didn't get the four seed, but they were the four seed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they played it twelve. Yeah. Texas says McMahon knows Under Armour teams don't go far. Yeah, there you go. Texas, says, did you see the Jeff Walls clip talking about Kenny Payne? Yeah. Did you see? Have you seen that after uh, the? I, think, I don't know if, where it was from. I don't know if it was after the game or before the game. I saw Payne go to the game. He was asked about Kenny Payne generally, and he said. We have a great relationship already. I feel great about this. And he said, it reminds me of going back to how it was with Rick Pitino, where everybody's supporting each other. We all seem to be on the same page. It's just to feel that support. I think it's now going to go back to the way it was. Like just Chris Mack. throwing some very serious yeah. shade without actually saying any names. It was very well done. I mean, and there's been that, that was kind of talked about before things really got bad this year was just sort of the... And you know, he's a lie because Patino was publicly, when, especially like you look back like the 10, 11, 12 runs, Patino was public about, you know, supporting the women's team and everything. And football and, and those sports. Yeah. I mean, they, they, all those coaches did seem to really get along back in that era. And there had been talk before things really got bad last year that I mean, Chris Mack was not the most popular person within the athletic department amongst other head Is that coaches. why Satterfield TP his house? No. <laughs> I'm so. Can I say I'm glad that the era of the whole like fake TPing bromance. Honestly, that stuff was was almost more embarrassing than the hookers. Like I was. <laughs> I wanted to like it, and I'm Sounds like, like something I would say. I wanted to like it. I'm like, this is just it, it's it, it was corny as hell. I no, it has definitely gotten. It, it, I'm over it. Yeah, it was forced. It felt it. All of it felt forced. All of it felt like, hey, let's do this. People are gonna love this on social media. They'll eat it up, and they did. But while it was happening, I was like, "This, there's no part of me that thinks this is genuine. I've never TP'd a house either. I have. Never thrown eggs at a house either. I have. Now, I did put glue in someone's dry, uh, car uh, car lock before. That seems way more mean. Oh, that's way mean. I also, <laughs> also put bologna on their hood. 
Texas only Trevor would come back with faith no more from the break. What is wrong with faith no more? Do you have no more faith? Not as good as faith plus one. <laughs> faith no more is awesome. Let's go to break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. We'll make some predictions on the uh, women's games tonight and take more of your texts at 502-414-1450. Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Tell them faith no more. <laughs> Mike Rutherford show this here. This is my jam. I don't care what people say. Ten-year-old Trevor loves Mr. Big. Where is he now? <laughs> I mean, I, do, I I can tell you this song by heart. I know this one. This is one of my. This could be a go-to in my karaoke. Uh, I've got no comment. I mean, seriously, it's Mr. Big. It's an awesome song. Texas, have you all discussed Mike's voice being on the Kenny Payne video yet? We haven't, but a lot of people have. You're on a Kenny Payne video? U of L put out like a, a hype video the day after he became I, the official coach. I thought I saw that, but I didn't hear your voice on it. I, I'm the very first voice. Maybe, I, maybe it's a different video. There was, I, I mean, they put out several. But like this I was, was going to say, yeah, they probably did. This was did. the one the morning after. It's, it wasn't me making any sort of statement about Kenny Payne. I think it was just me saying, you know, this is one of the more important hires in Louisville basketball history, like the most bland analysis you can find. Was like, it from this Whoa, show? Oh, this guy's breaking new ground. I would assume so. Why don't they ever take anything from me on there? Oh. <laughs> the editing. There are some restrictions on the editing they have to do. They can only do so much over there, Trev. Uh, I'm sure they just couldn't decide on what, what I said was the best. So they just went with none of it. I did enjoy the flood of people <laughs> who were like, well, he's cursed now. It's over. We've got yeah, Rutherford's voice there. Yeah. It's going to be fine. You did yeah. the season. Look, that was not my fault. Blame <laughs> it on Malik. Blame it on Mac. I did, those eight wins that we did get at home. They don't happen if you don't have me on that intro video. That's all I'm saying. Hey, we force plays at A&M on Wednesday. They're going to win. I'm leading the NIT uh, bracket that I'm in. <laughs> Texas says, which conference has the most teams left in the Sweet 16? Big 12, right? Uh, Probably, yeah. I believe they have four. ACC has three. Uh, yeah, Big 12, one, two, three. No, they only have three. Oh, they have three? They have three, yeah. So they've got three. ACC's got three. The Big, Big Ten, the Big, Big East, and Pac-12 have two. Big East has... they got two. Two, yeah. And then the you know the mighty SEC has as many as the WAC and the Metro Atlantic Athletic. <laughs> and the American. Shout out to Houston. 
Oh, they might get knocked out by the whack. It might happen. Well, not the the whack, the West Coast Conference. Oh yeah, who's in the whack still then? Nobody in the whack. Oh, they said the whack. Okay. Mac, ah, Mac. Mac. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Mac and the Ack. <laughs> I was getting Gonzaga. I was I was I was confused Gonzaga West Coast and the whack. I the whack used to be good. Now it's not. It's like I, I I get those two mixed up constantly still. Texas says the second tier Pac-12 is what I'm, is they're known as. I still think we should do relegation. I mean, finish last in the Pac-12. Boom, West Coast Conference. You're in there. Yeah, Megan Zaga playing the Pac-12. Let's do it. Uh, Texas says so. Knowing everything you do about the SEC, how do you rationalize the tourney? What do you mean? I mean, how do I rationalize like them not doing well in the tourney? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you you do. I just think you say. Sometimes teams play bad, and I think sometimes we, I think we probably also overvalued the conference. Simple as that, right? Yeah, I mean Tennessee and Kentucky got upset. I mean, there's really no excuse for Kentucky or Auburn. Yeah, playing the way they did. Tennessee, you can say, well, Michigan, five straight Swiss teams. They got a pedigree. They have players. They just underachieved during the regular season. Yeah. I don't buy it a whole lot, but it's hard. I mean, in Arkansas, like I said hasn't exactly looked great getting to the Sweet 16. They were on the ropes against both Vermont and New Mexico State, a 13 and a 12. So, I don't know. Sometimes that's the team that ends up getting to the national title game, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you get those first few under your belt. I remember the Arkansas, the year after they won the national title, when they went back to the, and lost to UCLA, the first three games they played that year, uh, they end up going, they won by like a point in, as a two seed over the 15. I think they end up winning by single digits over in the second round. And in the third round, they if it wasn't for Lawrence Moten getting a Chris Weber moment in overtime. That's right. I them, totally forgot about he, that. That's, uh, he gets, uh, they don't they don't beat Syracuse. And I want to say they end up blowing out Virginia in the Elite Eight, if I remember right. That was Curtis no, Staples and Corey Alexander team. Well, if it was Corey Alexander, I'm sure. I'm pretty did. sure it's the Virginia team that they they that got to lead eight and they end up losing to Arkansas. Texas, would Trevor rather run a half marathon or eat a salad? Do I have to run? I don't think I don't think I don't think it's physically possible to be to run a half mile. I mean, I don't think I could run a half, well half marathon, not, not a half mile. Which one's less? A, a half mile is significantly less than a half marathon. I don't think I'm doing either one. I don't think you can either. I mean, I can walk it, but I can't run it. I mean, I couldn't do one right now. I could walk a mile. I'd be I'd be worn out. Would you rather walk a mile or eat a salad? I'll just walk a mile. It seems like an, I was hoping I can walk. I was going to be very upset if you said that. If you tell me to run, I mean, I, again, I can try to run it, but I don't think I'm going to, I'm not going to get very far. Texas says, do you think Kenny Payne's offense is going to be more like Patino with pressing, running and dunking and shooting threes? I've got no idea. I mean, isn't that basketball in general? He said he's going <laughs> to, he said we're going to play fast. I would assume so. I've got no idea though. No idea. We don't know how he's going to play. I really wish he'd gone like the, uh, like Bull Durham answer kind of with that one. He'd be like. Well, you know, sometimes you play fast, sometimes you play fast, sometimes you play slow. Sometimes the ball goes in, sometimes it don't. Sometimes the ceiling leaks. <laughs> sometimes it does. <laughs> the upset. And then we win. And then we win. <laughs> uh, Texter says, do you still feel confident about Nolan Smith joining the staff? I feel even more confident now than I did a week ago that Nolan Smith will Why be. Why would you feel less confident? Now? On Louisville staff. What? 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 What has happened that would make you feel less confident? No, I said I feel even more confident. I know, but the texture asks as if something had happened, I would assume. Did something come out that, that would make you feel less confident? No, I mean, I think he was just asking. Okay. Because it's not, you know, we don't know anything for certain. He's no, not on true. the staff. He's still coaching right now. That's the next thing we're 
do we need to we're going to find out right is the coaching staff i would think so i think when i mean it obviously you can't name nolan smith an assistant until duke loses, duke loses them, yeah you could i mean i'm assuming there's still some other coaches out there that would be considered that maybe are coaching for teams that are still in the tournament and i would definitely be okay with keeping Gaines on the staff in some way oh and i think that'll happen i don't think he'll be a full-time one of the three assistants Which that's fine as well but i think he'll be on staff um, I, mean, I would love to bring Pageant back too, even to help work with the big men, but that's not here or there. Yeah. Texture says the Mountain West and ACC should never have close to the same number of bids ever again. Poor Mountain West is just, they embarrass themselves every year. One, teams, they, had, they had four. They had Colorado State. They had Wyoming lost in the first four. Yeah. Colorado State, uh, San Diego State, and Boise State. All four of them lost. Yeah, they probably didn't. I mean,. And the Mountain West has been bad in the tournament for the last several years. One Sweet 16 team since uh, 2015. Who was that? San Diego State in 2016. Won two games. I always thought they were frauds even when Fisher was there. They are 3-19 and 19 since 2016 in the tournament. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, it's bad. Uh, they Texas, probably put you Wake Forest in one of those, over one of those teams. Texture sent a image of what appears to be a peacock having its way with the Kentucky Wildcat mascot. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else I can describe I mean, what I'm seeing you, right now. You gave it with such detail. I mean, it's, that's that's what it is. I'm, I'm telling you exactly what I'm looking at. There's no other way to describe this. <laughs> it, it's that's what that's what I'm looking at. Okay. Texas says the the ACC was better in football and basketball this year than it was given credit for. Five tournament teams with three in the Sweet 16. Uh, ACC football finished with four ranked teams, second to the SEC, but five well, with five. But ACC is media is low hanging fruit. Well, so let's, let's let's be fair a little bit with the ACC. It was still bad this year in football or basketball. Basketball. It's just it's, you have just because you had happen to have three solid teams out of fourteen doesn't mean you're still a bad conference. So my favorite thing, I finally like last night. I pulled the trigger because you know, the SEC is collapsing everywhere. Miami destroys uh, Auburn. You sent out a tweet. Didn't I you? sent out the tweet. I did it. I was like, whatever. It's it's. I'm having fun. It's Sunday night. I'm I've slept eleven total hours I've been the last five at days. My parents' house last. With my parents hours. for yeah. Just like, let me have some fun. <laughs> and so I was just like, after this first weekend, you got to think Louisville would have beaten Kentucky by at least fifteen if they would have played. Yeah, you know, the math says doesn't say anything otherwise. I knew I'd get a couple of of UK fans who are like, you must be on drugs, like. The I, I figured you saying that <laughs> she boys gonna have his way with your mom. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I figured most would get it though. Like especially the ones who follow me. At this point, like you know who I am, you know what I do. You know, you know that ninety five percent of these tweets are sarcastic. The amount of people who have taken it seriously has blown my mind. I'm like just now. I missed your tweet on this one. Like I look at your timeline. Usually I missed I missed it. I, check my mentions. I mean the amount of people who are like, first of all, who are saying like, oh my god, and then some people are taking it seriously like. Maybe at the end of the season, but actually at that point in time, you've got to remember, you guys had just lost to Western, Western Kentucky by 10, and we beat Western Kentucky by 35. I'm like, dude, it's a joke. Well, first of all, you played Western Kentucky because you didn't play us, so you wouldn't even have played Well, that them. was the most common response was, yeah. if you guys hadn't faked sick, which the fact that people actually believe that Louisville ducked the game is kind of mind-blowing. It would make more sense if the COVID had come out of nowhere and not the week before Malik Williams had gotten it. And other people have been exposed. And also... I mean, it's the only game we missed. It does kind of But there bad. was a week between games. Like, we had a one game, a week off, and then a week off after UK. And also, it was that time of the year when COVID was all over the, the country again. Like, I think 57 teams that weekend 
couldn't play because of COVID. Yeah. Like it was, come on. Like I, I, I know you can accuse people of a lot of things and clearly it looked like Kentucky was much, much stronger. It didn't look like it. They were much, much stronger, but Louisville's not going to duck that game. They're not going to make up COVID to get out of it. I don't think. I, I feel pretty confident saying that. I guess I can't guarantee it, but if they did, I'm more curious why we didn't use it as an excuse to duck other games this season. Yeah, I mean, long. yeah. If, if that was an option, I mean, I would have liked. We're not that. playing anybody in January. <laughs> Come on. What am I just skipping a few games this year? But I mean, all these responses are just like Louisville might have beaten them then, but not back in December. Louisville might beat them now, and, I, and I'm like, <laughs> beat them now. Yeah. I'm like, come on. I'm sorry. What did we show in the last couple weeks of the season that we basically got them grasped and proved? We beat Georgia Tech in the ACC yeah. tournament, which is better than being. Oh, by Brady. the way, speaking of which, I think I saw this, and can you tell me if I'm right or wrong that uh, Pegues might be getting a job at George Washington. He's in the mix there. Yeah. I hope he gets it. I would love it. I mean, I, I know he's, him do it too. he's got history there. Um, I saw that, that, yeah, that was put out there on Friday. I hope it's not just agents trying to get his name out there and, you know, have it resonate. Cause usually when that gets out there, if you're not hired in the next two or three days afterwards, then it means it was just kind of smoke, but I would love to see him get a head coaching job. I think I that'd say, be cool. Let's see George Washington. First couple things that come to your mind. Yinkadare. That's, that's number two for me. Number one's beating UMass. I was gonna say Mike Jarvis, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I go Jarvis, Dare, Yinkadari, and oddly enough, the third one to me is that uh, when I first started bringing Rob Doster on the show, he was still bartending at a campus bar on George Washington's campus. Really? Yeah. When he was doing the what was the blog he used to do before he got uh, balling as a habit? Balling as a habit. Him yeah. and Troy. Uh, Troy Matcher. Yeah. They because uh, they were roommates. And uh, he, for his income, he, he bartended at a bar. I can't remember. He told me the bar. I forget what it was called now. But it's on George Washington. He, he was there like the weekend bartending on George Washington's campus. Props to that bar. Uh, yeah. I, I just love, so like I send that tweet out. Jason Riley immediately responds with, we would have finished second in the SEC. <laughs> and I was like. I bet Jason loves to troll with oh, you all the time. Oh, he loves it. And, but like yeah. all these people are like, you guys are both on drugs. I'm like, I'm like how, do you, how do you not pick up on this? How do you not pick up on the fact that this is an obvious joke? It, I know that sarcasm is hard to find sometimes on w- when it's in print or like media, but my God, like well, of, of course I, we're joking. I think sometimes it's also hard to decipher with some people because there are people who are dumb that actually probably say that and do believe it. You're a moron. Why are you? Are not taking the bait there. Not just leave me alone. You don't respond to me, people that come at you, do you, on Twitter? I wouldn't respond to any of them. Only when it's, that can be funny. And responding after a while though it's just you know it's it, it's gonna take up your entire day and you just yeah, it seems, yeah i agree text that purdue shot 46 free throws versus texas texas shot 12 and it wasn't a poorly rough game i agree with that actually if you watched purdue was just far more physical inside and yeah. texas i mean kentucky shot how many more free throws than st b or a lot yeah. yeah and that was i mean that was st peter's style that they were going mm. to go by committee on oscar Sheboy, which you have to do but uh, yeah it's also if you're the more athletic and talented team odds are you're going to go through the line more or if you're playing a team that's aggressive defensively you're just going to go through the line more texas can we end the show with trevor doing math in his head but out loud sure what's the problem <laughs> i don't know uh, Texted, would that picture make a PCAT or a wild? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you know, well, that's not bad. You know what it is. Uh, Text says, uh, George Washington's best player ever was uh, mini me, Shantae Rogers. He was five foot four. He yeah, was. He was, yeah. Yinka yeah, is the most famous, though. It has to be. They were really good for, like, what? Those, like, three years. Plus, Shinkadari's always the guy that's always going to remember as having zero assists in, like, three years of NBA basketball. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been, he never had, he had zero. <laughs> he had not one assist his entire career in playing in for the the Nets of all people. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that we haven't mentioned this today, I, I we probably should have before. I know we only have a couple minutes here. Uh, Do you see recruiting coordinator Aaron Hodges uh, is leaving Louisville for TCU? I did not know that. He and you know people text me they're like, how much is this going to affect all recruiting the recruiting momentum? Football, I'm assuming he is. Yeah, okay. and the answer is I don't think at all. Like he's the recruiting coordinator is not actually going out there and getting players. That's Pete Thomas and Pete Nocta. He's the one like just making the reservations to hotels. Basically. Like, yeah. And he's leaving because he wants to be a position coach. Not saying it's an important job, but no, yeah. I, I, you're totally right. Yeah, he's kind of he's, but he's doing the George Costanza thing. He's, right, he's making the hotel reservations. And he wants to be flights. a position coach, so he's going to TCU. And he did leave this note on his way out. He posted this on Twitter this afternoon. He says, "I just want to thank uh, the loyal fans that have helped me kickstart something special in the Ville. I loved my brief time here, and on God, Coach Satterfield is the best head coach I've worked with in four seasons. It's not even close." The sudden change happened because of my dream and goal of being a position coach one day. I want to have more of an influence in developing young men. Thank you. Love you all dearly. Nice high praise. This is a guy who's been four different places in four different years. Pretty high profile programs. Where else has he been at? So I knew you were going to ask. And I don't, I, well, if you're going to say that. I think one of them should. is Texas, I want to say. Um, so, you know, shout out to them. But I, I don't have the, okay. the, the teams in front of me, and he doesn't have a <laughs> You always know I'm going to ask something, and I don't. Well, I know, because I was going to. I mean, he has been. In, I, it makes sense that he says. Because it adds emphasis. If, he, if he's only mind. been at Louisville, then it makes no sense to say he's the he's the best coach I've worked with, bar none. Um, but four years and four different coaches, then it has a little bit more of an effect. Oh, here's one of the other ones, Purdue. Ooh. How do you feel about that? I feel like he didn't spend enough time with Brom. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Aaron, you can say all, all you want about about a lot of people. My family, myself, but when it comes to two things, you got to draw the line at, and that's the Brahms and my puppies. All right, the four schools in four years: Ohio State, Purdue, Texas Tech, Louisville. I mean, those four pretty damn good jobs. Now he's going to TCU. Says that feels the best coach, no question. That's Brian. That's that's Brom Ryan Day. I'd assume he was there during the Day era, unless it's been that long ago. It was. I mean, he's been there almost four years, so three. It was twenty sixteen. That'd been Ryan Day then, yeah. Wasn't it? He's been there. He's been there four years now, right? I think Urban was the coach in twenty sixteen, right? Was he Urban's maybe last year? He could have been. I think it was. I saw Urban today. They were bashing him. Aaron Donald. He, he didn't even know Aaron Donald was. Yeah. Which I think was a joke. <laughs> Just pick up Madden, dude. I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those some uh, those are four respectable schools. Uh, yeah, Urban Myers last year was twenty eighteen. Okay. So he's been there fifth or four years, then, yeah. 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 Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, I was going to say, let's pick the. I mean, you've got no insight on the. Uh, you don't know that. Give it to me. Throw it at me. What we got going tonight? Well, I was going to see who we, who's, who do you think Louisville's going to play in the next round of the Women's NCAA tournament? Tennessee. Yeah. yeah I, I knew you were going to pick Tennessee. I, I, I can't give you any more insight than that either. I mean, I could. I mean, I know Belmont. I know they're in Tennessee. Nashville, right? Big rivalry. You're damn right. Yeah. Knoxville and Nashville going head to head tonight. I'm going with Tennessee, too. Cards, Tennessee, Sweet 16, calling it. Even if it doesn't happen, guess what? We're back here tomorrow, 3 to 6. We got Big some, X. Go, do we you know, pick any? Uh, we got we to get out of here. It's, it's 59. We're done. We're done. Oh, yeah, we don't have any good games anyway. You got a couple tomorrow, though, we can name. I was, I was going to do NIT stuff, but whatever. Who There's cares? not any good NIT. Drake and you and Wilmington, Asheville, Northern Colorado. Okay, There's Trevor, no Trevor we're done. We're done. Show's over. Show's over. Close the door. Mr. Big? Get the music ready. Play the Mr. Big. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Tell him, Mr. Big. Oh.